This is your Commander-in-Chief. Uh, I am issuing a warning. The following podcast contains adult content and intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Frank Trigg, Twinkle Toes. Uh, it's it's a it's Monday. We're doing a show Monday today because I'm going to Reno tomorrow through uh, to through Sunday. I'm going to miss the UFC uh, 184, which sucks. It's in LA, and uh, would have liked to have gone. And Invictus this week as well. Uh, I just got back from Detroit. That was uh, I had a good time in Detroit, although it was crazy. I, I did one show where there was like. 20 people in the crowd, half were Asian from Japan, spoke no English, uh, which is always, it's, I had to explain to them why the joke was funny. Like, like, I mean, literally break down, I would tell a joke, t- people would laugh, and then I would explain to the Asian people why it was funny, and then that would get an even bigger laugh than the actual joke. So You have to be exhausted, because that takes so much energy <laughs> to explain a joke, and your jokes aren't that highbrow, like, you don't really, <laughs> really think about them, so yeah. you're like... Dude, why? You know, Carlton's in the middle of the middle of this crowd. And you're like, why is he Carlton? Well, because he has a sweater on. Oh, exactly. And he's black, and he looks like Carlton from the Fresh Prince of Bel. Okay, got it. Got- okay, great. It's exhausting. Like, now, how do you even? How are you even here right now? Uh, now that well, then the next night, the Saturday night early show was uh, there was like these, like ten people who were uh, they were they were Latin and they had like you know tattoos on their necks. The guys did, and they had these these girls with them, and I, and I'm and they were just there for trouble like like the host goes on they were like get off the stage you suck to the host then this girl came on and she's like so i'm, I'm single I'm like well we know why just being dicks oh those guys yeah so then i go on stage <laughs> and the guy starts videotaping me which i hate people with their camera phone because you say the wrong thing it goes on youtube and your career could be over depending depending on how out of, out of context what you say or yeah. maybe you make a like a, a racial joke but it's like a joke and it doesn't sound you know what i'm saying you never know what if i'm, I'm riffing off the cuff so I tell the guy to put your put your CD off. I mean, put put your your, your phone off. And so the guy makes a face at me like, pff, pff. and then I start going on more. And then first I try being nice. Like I was yeah. like, sir, I'm not gonna mess with the guy with a neck tattoo. Yada yada. But then they just kept talking and talking and t- so then I tried talking over them, but they were making everyone uncomfortable. And I'm like, look, guys, everyone paid a lot of money for the show, um, which isn't even that, that that true. But I'm like, people paid their hard earned money. Yeah. Can you please? And then the guy's like, well, you ain't funny. I go to the crowd. Who here thinks I'm funny? The whole crowd's like, ah. I'm like, all right, you've been rounded off. And then he, got, the guy, gets up and he's like, what the? Just starts cursing at me, right? So I'm like, this is why I'm pro-choice. And then it just became this whole thing. And the bouncers had to come. It, a fight almost broke out. Then they got kicked out. Then the, the two girls that were there started throwing punches at, at each other. The girls in the party started fighting in the parking wow. lot. I got it on tape. I might actually put it on YouTube, but. Uh, it, it was. It was. That was. That was entertaining. Hold, hold on. Let me. Get, let me get this straight. So you hate being videotaped because it might end up on YouTube. <laughs> but you're gonna videotape somebody and put them on YouTube. Well, well, yeah, that's a good point. I but, love the uh, irony. <laughs> <laughs> but and then they, then I, I I got back and I was actually it was funny because after the show people were like, man, those Mexicans were making us real Mexicans look bad. You know, they were saying. Oh yeah. And then uh, and then there was this black girl laughing and I was like, this to her boyfriend. I'm like, ah, uh, she was actually crying, laughing, and I'm like, see, I'm making your girlfriend wet right now. Uh, it was it was a it was a fun it was a fun it was actually I liked Detroit I had a good time there but man it was like it was it was like eight mile a little bit of me versus the crowd uh, but it was fun that was that was cool and I got back how was your week what happened you didn't throw up your mom's spaghetti 
No. You didn't? Okay. <laughs> Let's see how many people pick up that reference. Yeah. How was your uh, weekend? was good. It was good. But I, I want to back up for a second. You, you have to leave for Reno tomorrow, which is why we're taping today on Monday. Yeah. It has nothing to do with why you can't be here Friday or Saturday for the event. No, I'm, I'm tomorrow through Sunday. I'm, I'm, I'm oh, there. Oh, through Sunday. Yeah, you're yeah, in Reno. yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm in Reno okay, all okay. week. And I, I booked it like a year ago. And I, yep. it would have been a great week to be in town because Invictus on Friday. Yeah. I would have went to that. I would have went to the fights on Saturday. I had tickets. Ronda Rousey's mom invited me to come with her uh, to be part of Team Rousey. But I feel like every time I go to root for someone in person, they lose. So I think I feel like I'm a bad, I'm bad luck in person. So. Well, you know what you can do is that uh, you can tell uh, uh, Rana's mom that she can get some downgraded tickets and let me have them because I don't have tickets yet. I'm going to be really? here. I don't have any tickets. I don't have tickets to Invicta. I don't have tickets to UFC. I got nothing. The UFC doesn't – by the way, Greg Wilson just shut up. The UFC doesn't give you tickets? No. Uh-uh. uh-uh nope. That's crazy. Nope. Uh-uh. See, I, I, don't... Very, I very rarely ask. I reached out probably today to, or – did I reach out this morning or last night? One of the days I reached out for a set of tickets, and I won't know until Friday if, if there's any left over. Like, I might not get I don't think it'll be sold out, though. The Staples Center is not that – I mean, it's big, the Staples Center, but it, the car, I feel like when Weidman and Belfort left the card, a lot of interest waned. Well, the bomb with California, too, in, in L.A., it's, it's difficult to get to L.A. It's difficult to get there. So, like, people are going to fly in from Manitoba to come into L.A. And then once you land in LAX – you're not right by Stable Center. It takes a while to get up here. So you got to get down to the Stable Center, get downtown. Then where you're going to stay, it's very expensive. How you're going to get around, it's very expensive. So it's, it's a difficult place. It's really for people that are local. So if you're coming in from San Diego, people drive up from San Diego. Uh, people come, you know, come down from, from Central Coast. Yeah. People come in from Vegas because it's close. But other than that, you kind of there's not that many people going to come through. So do you it, think it's like Vegas? People are more apt to. Just I'm not, Greg. I'm sorry. I'm not allowed to talk to you. I got uh, too many uh, potato famine people. <laughs> um, I, I have to like. I had some guy. He literally berated me by via private message for like. You? But yeah, he was going after me for like four days to the point I was like, Jill, can you read this? Can you see? Really? And I kept I kept egging him on going back and forth and finally. Oh, that way. And finally, ah, finally, no, I kept, okay. oh yeah, I shouldn't, you're right, you're right. What are you six, talking about? Six today, six. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Like, what's happening? And whatever. I kept like going back at him. I finally was like, hey, um, you do realize that all that shit you yelling at me for, I didn't even say. <laughs> so how about the next time you pick on somebody, you actually have your facts straight and go back and listen to the podcast. So what he, I go, so what you did is your mom's. Boyfriend who beat you in the basement of your house. Oh boy! Said this is what happened, and you associated it with me, not really knowing who said it. Right. So to be mad at somebody, be mad at somebody. I go, but just so you know, I am racist. I hate everybody equally. <laughs> and if you're confused right now, we're talking about the podcast two weeks ago where Greg Wilson was making potato jokes about Conor McGregor, which then led to us being yeah. uh, a big a big riot in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. And, but and, which is funny. It was one potato joke. The rest were like crowns, gold doubloons, and I think a yeah. lot of charms references. I so. actually talked they were to just uh, jokes. They're just jokes. I'm I interviewed. Uh, Brent Johns, who's a, who's a fan of the show, uh, he's fighting in uh, Titan here in a couple weeks, and I, he's he's from well, he's from Wales, and he's just a Welshman. And I say, what's it? You know, do you feel, like get offended when people pick on? He goes, well, well, no, everyone picks on Wales. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not. Why is everybody mad at you for picking on Ireland? Like, yeah. it's, come on, it's not that big. There's still like if Ireland's getting picked on, they go, so hey, at least we're not Welsh. It's like even he's making the cracking the joke. So it's like it's 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 a non-issue to people that really understand the humor of it, but. People that just don't get your humor, I guess we're all irritated. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So I thought it was funny. So your so. week, how was the rest it of the It was good. It was good. So at the uh, um, – what did I do this weekend? I had uh, – oh, my son on Friday got uh, Distinguished Dragon, uh, uh, you know, Distinguished Dragon, which is a word. He's the – goes to Monterey School. The mascots the dragons. Okay. Every, every teacher is allowed to give two awards out for the year for people that follow the six pillars of community. So it's, it's a pretty big thing. To get, but he's in kindergarten. So You're like a classy kid. Yeah. 
I, no, I, I met his son. His son, his his son, who's like uh, in, I think like tw- in his twenties, twenty one, looks just like him. Yeah. Could not be a nicer guy. I mean, you right. talk about like an like a. He was like he looks just like Frank, yeah. and, and and he was yeah. the, except for the except uh, without all the baggage. Right. Um, but uh, right. Right. it was. It was, it was so my kid's gonna be like <laughs> now, great kid. Yeah. So that was kid. that was Friday, and then uh, Saturday I was oh I was here. I came. Um, um, he had that award ceremony Friday morning. Uh, as soon as he was done with that, um, his mom came and picked him up, and then I left and came to L.A., and Saturday – what was I doing Saturday? Oh, I had a ref. I ref Saturday night down in uh, Orange County for the showdown event, MMA event, I think. Now, is that hard being – I know because I know people boo the refs here, you know, Kim Winslow, Steve Mazzagatti. Because yeah. they uh, suck. You got, I mean – Right, I mean, certainly, even I mean, even even yeah. Herb Dean has been booed and stuff. Yeah. Now, are people booing you as a ref? Is it? I got booed my whole career. So me getting booed as a ref, I don't even notice it. Um, no, no. Here, here's what the deal is: is that uh, um, with with Kim Winslow, she has an older style of refing, like a like a I don't want to say antiquated, but it's an older style of refing, and that's why I don't I don't like her refing. She's a fine ref. I just don't I just don't particularly like the way that she refs or how she refs. So right. I, I feel like she's too involved. She's like. Got her refing skill back when it's like UFC two and three, so you had to be involved because guys, you don't know what's going on and trying to set the rules. I'm an uninvolved ref. I want to stay out of the way. I will not get in the middle of it. Uh, I I say start, stop, and time is the only thing I really say unless I have to give a warning like get your hand on the fence, stop touching the pants. Go great. Well, I was gonna say, you know, now that you're on that side of it, because Joe Rogan talks a lot about not wanting to have the fingers exposed in the gloves, and you're you've been a you you are a fighter now going to the ref side. I mean, to me, when I watch it, it seems like you have to, because of the grappling yeah. that goes on, you have to have your fingers available. Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah, and, this and so is, it um, seems like to me that argument is kind of a moot point. And I this, mean, well, this is nothing against Joe. Joe is, like I said, all of us. I've said this before. I've seen a lot of interviews. All of us strive. Anybody that's a commentator in the sport strives to be Joe Rogan. We want to be a guy that has a hugely successful show on television. Can you know? Can be hugely successful at commentating. Own a mansion. You know, yeah. lit, like have the you know, be able to go kill bears and eat them from head to toe. Like I don't want to have. We that. all want. We all want to be able to do that. I don't want to do that. Neither do I. Not really. But we all want to do that. But that's. But unfortunately, that's the difference, and that's why, you know, I'm different in how I commentate because I've actually been in there getting hit with guys that have fingers in there. It's not the fingers. It's the rules of how we apply them. You have to warn the fighters, and we do it before our, our pre-fight. Explanation of how the rules are going to be handled, especially here for Camo in California, oh. uh, which is the amateur association that runs all the amateur events in California. Right, right. You have to be under Camo. We tell them, look, if you want to, if you want to uh, judge distance with a straight arm like John Jones does, right. then you have to put your fingers to the ceiling. They have to be up in the ceiling. I'm okay. giving you your hard warning uh, right. right now in pre-fight. In advance. If you are, if you, there's not going to be a stop and a finger wag. Hey, don't do that again. Mm-hmm. If you reach out with with an open hand. Towards the guy's face, and you poke him in the eye. One hundred percent, it's a point off right away. I'm telling you right now when I was in, what I'm doing. When I was in high school, my little brother played baseball, right? And, Hold on, and, you have siblings? Yeah, I have a younger brother and an older and an older and an older sister. Yeah, yeah. So my little brother Is she was, hot? Uh, she she was she's forty now, but back in the day she. Hey, was, listen here. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> She's not going home with you and your wife, okay? Or you and your girlfriend? I'm not, I'm not married. You, girlfriend. you and your girlfriend. He's done with that. He's done with that. <laughs> it's all three sets of pancakes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> waffles, so, damn it, waffles. waffles. So my little brother would play little league, and I and the ref 
like the umpire wouldn't show up sometimes. So I would bring my umpire gear, right? Oh, yeah. And then I would jump in as if I was the real ump and I would cheat so hard. Like <laughs> he would be up. I'd be like, ball, ball. I was like basically like, like naked gun. Like, it was it was so obvious. That, like I was like the worst. And the kids would look at me like give me the thumbs up. Like I, I was like the worst. I almost caused a brawl one time because oh, parents were yelling. Parents take it oh, very yeah. seriously. And I was totally not taking – I wasn't even hired there. I was just, just showing up. <laughs> Showing up and interfering with the game. <laughs> just a fucking. <laughs> That's like your tweets from last fight. You're oh, my text from last fight. You just like to agi- You're an agitator. Th- that was Evan's idea. That hey, listen, I think it's last- brilliant. It cracks me up. It yeah. cracks me the fuck up. But it's, the funniest part is when people think it's really those guys saying Oh, it. no, no. The yeah. best. That's the best. That's the funniest. Honestly, I'll go on Facebook afterwards and people will be like, I can't believe Tim Kennedy said that. And they'll be like, how the fuck did Brian Williams get on this? What are you talking about? It couldn't possibly be. Why is why is Pat Sajak and Vanna White even chiming in? Like, what is it? Like, Ross, seriously? Like, come on, Ross guys. Ross Perot knows MMA. <laughs> like, that just, is your that is some of your, that is absolutely some oh, of your best work. I start for sure. I start I start crying. I, I literally check Facebook every hour just to see more people chime in, and then there's always that one girl going, "It's not real." Right. I'm telling you guys, it's not real. <laughs> do you do you have to spend a lot of time prepping that? It, a lot. Like, and there it, and it, like it has to be done by six a.m. night of the fight and. Hard sometimes when I have like two shows that night, right. and then I have to go literally run from my shows to back there. And then you know I'll, during during the week I'll kind of gather like you know so, like if Kanye something happens with Kanye or right. something yeah. happens with this guy or that guy they'll they'll come in. But it also like the hard part is when like it's it's one thing if it's like you know. Roy Nelson fighting this guy or even like a Josh Koscheck or someone. But when you get the guys from Brazil where you don't know anything yeah. about them, the, the, the two Brazilian guys, yeah, yeah. that's when it gets to be like, oh, God. I mean, sometimes it's brutal. And I know if I, when I read it and if it makes me laugh, yeah. I know okay. it's good because I wrote it and I'm still laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you know, okay. That's when I know this. it's actually good. Apparently, you know? I just laugh at everything I say. So I have no <laughs> gauge. I've been told many times this week that I just laugh yeah. at whatever I say. So what can I say? I make myself laugh. You, know, <laughs> you make to, me laugh. Finish, yeah. The reason why I was asking that is because I was, I was talking about the, the rest of my weekend and like all day Sunday after afternoon, I went and did um, – we supposed to go on a, a long bike ride. Like a like a fifty mile or fifty five mile or yesterday, but it rained, so we're not going to ride in the rain, and and I don't have that kind of skill to be honest with you. So it's not safe. It's it's as safe as right not riding it's in the not rain. Your riding, just, I'm worried about it's the other people I'm worried about. It's the it's the we're on the bike path, so there's no cars, oh, or anything, okay. but it's the, but it's just okay. wet and it's cold and it's yeah. sore, and I'm already old and I already got arthritis. I need the rest of it, but I did like eight interviews for MMA Oddsbreaker Sunday after. And I realized that, wow, I spend, like, it might be a 15 minute interview, but I spend probably 40, 45 minutes of research before I get yeah. this guy on. So I'm doing eight interviews. It was literally a week's worth of interviews, of works with a <laughs> yeah. research trying to get the stuff together. Well, it's just, it's Because otherwise you're asking sometimes. the same question that everyone else is asking. And it's like, yeah. how, you know, how's your training camp? How's this? Why'd you get into fighting? And it's, and it's yeah. also like me doing, a, as a comedian, I mean, you know, you do, I've done radio and I don't know, nine million times. And the people go, you know, they go, Oh, what was Last Comic Standing like, or, right, exactly. or what was it like being on the Tonight Show? And it's the same three yeah, questions, and it's just like, you know, I'd rather like when I asked, I think T.J. Grant was fighting. He fought somebody, and the guy had like a herpy on his lip, and and, oh, and I yeah. and I asked him about that, <laughs> and he goes, nobody has ever asked me that fucking question. That, like to me, I was so proud. <laughs> yeah, and I was so proud of, of researching the fact that this guy had had a herpy. You exchange a lot of fluids. Yeah, you'll definitely get herpes. You can get it if, it, if that store popped open. He'd get it for sure. Oh, by the way, by the way, your CM Punk call out uh, is making a lot of 
people now. Are you officially caling out CM Punk? Yeah, I'll fight, I'll fight him in a minute. Come on, he's oh and oh. He's old. He's broken. He's decrepit. I'll fight him in a second. I mean, now, now, how, <laughs> how long? Shelby, actually, be Joe Silver calling because I'm fat. So it'd be like the, the light guys get uh, get Sean Shelby. The fat guys get uh, uh, Joe Silver. So Joe knows my number. He can call me. I definitely fight CM Punk without now, a problem. Yeah. How long do you think that fight would last? For real? Uh, we probably got the first round because you know you want to toy them a little bit and make it look good and make sure everyone has it. You know, gets gets their get popcorn and worth, gets yeah. gets their money's worth, and then I'll. You know, put an elbow to the top of his forehead and take his arm home with me. I mean, you, not, you, you wouldn't just you wouldn't just take him down and finish it. Even even if he's even if he's messing around with now, no, you know, I'm gonna talk a lot of crap right now. But let's be the rally of it is is no. When I walk out there, I'm gonna throw a bomb. I'm gonna take him down to the ground, pass his guard, and you know, put a forearm in his face and keep stomping on him until he quits. And we always quick as possible. Yeah, because it's all about making as much money as possible per minute. That's what it is. Right. You have a set amount of money you're gonna make for the fight. If you win, some amount of money you make for the fight. If you lose, so you, the assumption is I'm gonna win. I want to make all that money and. Less than three minutes. Right. Then I made a lot of money per minute. Then I tell my mom, "Look what I make per minute. Wow, more than like, more than a doctor I should have been." But you, but, but I mean, you're like a chiropractor. But you'd be a huge. I mean, look. I mean, what you're you're forty something is all right. Forty two. Forty two. But you're a huge name. Mm-hmm. So CM Punk, Frank Trigg, people would know Frank Trigg. They might actually. I, I don't th- think I don't think any commission would license it because he's O and O, and I've got over thirty fights, thirty professional fights. So I don't think they. Even though you're forty two. I don't think they let it. How old is how old is CM? He's not. He's, he's old too. I think right? he's like thirty eight or something, probably. Yeah. So he's over thirty. Over thirty five is the cut. Thirty five, you start doing more tests, and then at forty, you get more tests, like for the for the commissions. So I think like I'll have three or four more tests than he does, but I mean I think he's still in that upper level where they might they might not sanction it. Now, what do you think of this? this uh, so last week after we left. That you know they had that big meeting at the UFC where they announced mm-hmm. that now steroids are going to be a four year ban if you take if you get caught with PEDs. Maybe, 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 maybe. It's a maybe. It's not. It's not a definite four year. It's they're going to follow whatever WADA puts down. WADA's trying to make a decision whether they want to do two year or four year, and whatever they put down, they're going to follow, and they're going to ask the commissions to follow the same the same protocol. The UFC has a huge stick. They wield a lot of power when they come into commissions because they bring a lot of money. If they if they come in. You know, and that's always been the argument of going into New York. If we come to Madison Square Garden, we're bringing in, what is it, $10 million plus in new revenue for that weekend that we're there. Like, we bring your economy $10 million you weren't going to have. We go there twice a year. That's $20 million more just, just, for, just for New York City. Not for the state of New York. Just for New York City we're doing that. In. So that's a lot of money. So they will the big sticks. They go to the commission and go, look, we want you to follow the water protocol. We want you to follow whatever they state. If water says four years, it's four years. They say it's two years, it's two years. So they're trying to get everything established, and that's why they said Have you ever July. got caught steroids? Have I ever been popped with yeah. steroids? No, I've never failed a drug test ever. And you life. never took steroids? Not when I was competing, no. No, how many how many guys do you know take like I mean you're you've been the best gymnast in the world. Extreme Couture, you've been in Silver's Gym, you've been that. How 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 prevalent is it? It was when I think it was Access TV, it was uh uh Ken Shamrock and Dennis Hallman like shows apart, like a couple shows apart, whatever said it was like eighty percent or fifty percent, whatever. It was it's always been around ninety percent. It always has been. And now people are starting to realize it is because all of a sudden you have – and we're talking about – people look at it differently. You look at PDs, which are your steroids, and then you look at you know recreational drugs, which are all are illegal you know, underneath – underneath and awesome. Yeah, yeah let's, let's be honest. <laughs> we talked about – we talked the last time I was on two weeks ago. We talked about, you know, you yeah. know everyone, you know, doing – you know, you win a fight, you do a bunch of coke and a bunch yeah. of mileage. I mean, that's just what it is. So there's this, this thing of, of – if you're if you're doing drugs at all and you're a professional athlete, you are illegal. So like you get guys like John Jones got caught for coke, and then it wasn't so. And understand if you get caught, that's not the first time you're doing it. 
Yeah, of course. Don't, don't think so. Now you got Anderson Silva. We knew Diaz was going to get popped for you know for weed. It was just it was really close though. He could have almost passed, but he didn't. That's the reality of it. Yeah. You're starting to get these guys are starting to get popped. That you're like, oh wow, like it's consistently now. And now all of a sudden, Anderson Silva pops and fails. You're like, whoa, hold on a second. Yeah, that's a hero. This is a guy that yeah. that is a icon. This is a guy that for like that, three different types of stuff too. And he's getting blown out of the water. It, it's I, I'm sorry. Anderson, I know that you still have your 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 ability to go in front of the commission and and, and try to uh, appeal it, but unless you can find something wrong with how they took the the procedure, right? They didn't they didn't follow you right. They didn't watch you pee in the cup. They didn't whatever it is. If there's something wrong with the procedure. Is the only way he's getting off this thing. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get fined. He's gonna get he's gonna get whatever it is, suspension, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm I. Two sides of me are saying two different are saying two different things. One is saying that they're holding off to July to start this whole mass because they're waiting on Anderson to get his thing finished up and not have his suspension be a little bit less. But the other side of me is saying it's taking so long to get all the commissions on board with how to, the water standard to find all the the testing warehouses. You know, because UFC knows where they're going. Even we may not know, but they know where they're going. So they're looking for the the closest place to the venue to get stuff submitted for for testing. Plus. All the fighters in the seven different, you know, in the in the three different continents to make sure that close to them they get the right to the right uh, um, uh, lab for for analysis. That now with a guy like Anderson feeling, you're going. Well, any, anybody is up. I told I interviewed Johnny Hendricks this morning, and I said, "Look, Johnny, I've known you since you were 12. Like I've known you forever. Yeah, I've known him forever. I'm telling you, you're suspect to me now because if Anderson Silva can fail." <laughs> It's like yeah. if, it's like if you if you popped hot like I, my belief in the but do you think it might be this out. Brazilian pride where he did, he didn't want to go out a loser so he he kind of went out and he not a loser but a, off off a loss yeah. you know losing twice to Wyben he's like I can't lose this next one I am a hero there's all these expectations I have to make sure I'm going to win and yeah. but now I'm you, sure I'm sure there is part of that and that's what Johnny said too Johnny was like hey I, I hope that that that's what happened he just wanted to come back fast and that's what happened but I. I don't know. Like but, my but, assumption always is, you fa- if you failed once, you've you've gotten away with it a bunch of times before that. No, you. So okay, that makes total sense. Now you being part of the ten percent of people that never took steroids, mm-hmm. but now did I mean if I'm part of the ten percent of people that's not doing stuff, and you're in the gym with people like guys you're training with, you know are taking stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, how much did that affect you? Well. Remember, I wrestled internationally. We were still trying to beat the Russians when the wall was still up. Like, that's, when I, that's when I first started getting really hot in the wrestling was in, you know, 90, 91, 92. Is like, that's when the Russians were just, the wall was just starting to come down and we we're just starting to get stuff put together. And like, we really were battling them. My whole career of, of I remember the, all the old posters was Kenny Money and John Smith. Um, the Eagle taking the heart out of the bear was the big mm. thing. It was the Russian bear versus the American Eagle. And that was, the, that was our, our process. We'd go overseas and we battle these guys and they were on government-funded yeah. steroid yeah. projects. Yeah. So you're battling against these guys who are getting funded by their governments, and we were getting tested, and we were like, we, we weren't getting, we're, the only thing the government was funding was the tests to find out if we were using or not. Yeah. Have you guys ever seen the footage of East German female swimmers? Yeah, yeah, now there's two of them are, are men now. Uh, they took right. so many steroids. They took so many steroids, because the footage is Hilarious! No way! Yeah, yeah. because it, all the other, it's these little girls getting ready to swim, and then these giant gorilla yeah. hybrid females just like ah, oh hulking their way into the water. God. Go back! There must be some footage on YouTube. Look up East German swimmers <laughs> from like nineteen eighty five. I don't, see, I don't find that hot. I like, I mean, there's it always, wasn't hot. to it me. There's like nothing to do with looks. It's all about government pride. But I'm yeah. saying, I mean, as far as the girls go, you ever meet a girl who's like super hot? Then she gets into fitness, and then she's slow. Slowly, she's it's getting more managed. more in shape, and then her jaw, yeah. and then you're just like, dude, what the? What happened my, there? A lot of my friends with girls are, are bot- current 
IBF pros or whatever, IFFP, whatever the hell it is, pros, you know, current pros or just retired. And when they're in shape and they're competing on that day, you're like, wow, that is that is some work to get in that shape. That is some dedication. That is some diet. Man, you look great. God, you look good. Then you wait about 72 hours after they're done competing. You're like, whoa. Really? What? Yeah, dude, it's an immediate blow up. Like immediate blow up. A lot up, of them, when they get that shit, they grow beards or they have hair beards in their and they have and thumbs oof. in their pants. And now, do you, I remember yeah. the first time I ever got a hair in my mouth from a nipple. It was weird. <laughs> you remember your first time? Now, do you think steroids help? Uh, do you, do you yeah. wish that you would have taken roids for your fight with Bruce Buffer in the elevator? Or, or no? um, <laughs> I don't know if you I don't know think, I don't think it would have helped. I don't think it would have helped. So he got into a... Yeah. So, okay. So Bruce Buffer wrote him a book about how him and Frank came to blows in an elevator. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. it didn't make any sense to me, being that Frank was one of the top five guys in the world at the time yeah. in fighting. I was, I was third. I was third right then. And, and Bruce, while, yeah. while looking good, yeah. uh, isn't really a fighter. I think he took some karate lessons. Boxing. You know, a little bit of boxing, too. A little boxing. Yeah. But so yeah. will you tell us what happened? I mean, here, here's the here's the actual here's the reality of the, of the whole story. I don't know if you've ever been in an elevator before, but there's <laughs> maybe once. There's Dana White, Tom at the time is his bodyguard, who's he's got a different bodyguard now. But Tom used to be a sheriff uh, in Vegas. He retired from being a sheriff and became Dana's right hand guy. Incredibly smart and not a bad gig. Quick, quick on the fucking draw too. That man, yeah. Not bad. <laughs> you didn't mess around with that. All the guys on the uh, Goldberg, Buffer, and Trigg, five men, five grown ass men in an in, elevator, in an elevator, yeah, yeah. in an elevator. So I understand, big guys. I understand the size of an elevator. Like, I don't know where you guys go to elevators, yeah. but I'm telling you, there's five guys in this elevator. So yeah. it's like the 13th, the 14th floor at the Hard Rock. It does. I don't know about you guys. It doesn't stop anywhere. It goes straight down to the bottom. So we're talking eight, nine, ten seconds maybe. Yeah. I'm talking to Dana. I'm, I'm not with the UFC at this point. I'm trying to get back in with the UFC. Dana is you know, up for a conversation about me coming back. I'm like trying to figure out, do you want me? Because he doesn't like my management team at the time. Like, hey, do you want me to do it directly? I'll do it with you directly and get it out of the way. Do you want my manager team to contact you and, you and I'll stay in the loop to make the things you know be easier? Like, how do you want it to do? And Bruce literally, no bullshit, gets on his knees in the elevator and goes, wow, I love this watch. And he grabs Dana's wrist and he starts looking at his watch on, from his knees. Like, he's on his knees in the elevator. Oh, my God, I love this watch. And he holds Dana's hand and stands up. He's got, you know, he's like got a hand on his, like he's handshaking with one hand and grabs with the other. So he's going to look at this watch. Now watches, I get it because I'm a watch guy too. Dana had an incredible fucking watch on. It was a great watch. <laughs> so he stands up and now he's having this conversation right in the middle of me trying to figure out a way to come back to the UFC, which I am desperately trying to do. Right. And I do the one thing you're never supposed to do to, I guess, I found out later you're not supposed to do this, to a, uh, a ring announcer is chop him in the throat. <laughs> and I fucking chopped him as hard as I could right in the throat. Really? I'm like, bang! I'm having a conversation here. Wait 10 seconds. Well, yeah. And so he's like, whoa, you can't chop a man in the throat. You know, use his voice for... Uh, That's you, wait, so you cur- like karate chopped him in the no, throat? No, no, no. Okay, oh, up. So you went from, from your... No, I went from, went from my left... Use my left hand. Yeah. my left yeah. hip up into his throat. You okay. Like the side. departed. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, go. Great, you guys have great. I gotta guess up my movie stuff. You guys are great. <laughs> um, so we, we, now mind you, this is 10 seconds, like from top to bottom. So this story is way longer right. than what, how it actually happens. So he's like, You can't tell a man to throw his voice. I'm like, You're a ring announcer. Who cares? <laughs> and I go back and I start talking to Dan again. And Dan's, and Dan's like, Dan like now wants to get out of the way. And Tom, you know, kind of angles Dan into the corner. So, because right, right. Bruce now, you can tell he's starting to get amped up and red in the face because now I'm embarrassing him in front of Goldberg, Dan is boss, 
Dana's bodyguard. Was Goldberg announcing what was happening while this I was wish that was <laughs> right. Okay, so, so he's he's uh, uh, he's feeling disrespected, as he yeah. should at this point, because he's feeling like he's in the right. I'm feeling like I'm in the right. So he punches me in his, he goes and like punches me in the stomach. And I'm like, you really want to get into this? So I crack him in the chest. And I turn back around, and he hits me again. I'm like, so, Dana, so Dana's, I think Dana says... Oh, it's gonna be like one of those kind of nights. And I know, mind you, I'm in a t-shirt, shorts, and flip flops. Like I'm going home. Yeah, yeah. I was coming from Goldberg's room. I went up to Goldberg because at the time, uh, uh, we still are. Goldberg and I were really close friends up there. had a, Had a couple shots of vodka in his room, and then came and we're coming downstairs. And I was yeah. gonna say goodbye. Oh, were you go hitting home. him hard, like trying to knock no, him out? No, no, no. I'm just, not hitting him in the face. We're not doing face shots. You're just whatever. messing around with him. So I have a big diver's watch on. Yeah, a swatch a swatch divers watch with a big with a big fishbowl face on it and a big metal bracelet. Most of the watches I wear now I have metal bracelets on because I sweat so much and I don't like leather. So I'm always wearing this metal bracelet. Well, he's right handed, I'm left handed. So as he's punching me with the right, I'm punching him with my left. It's like maybe three punches thrown total, four punches thrown total. But he starts to throw. I'm like, well, this is just dumb. So I'm going to stop him from punching. So I go to catch his hand as he punches me. He slides down my metal bracelet and tears his thumb open. Yeah. Oh. So he has, and he has this, this he'll tell you, he was like, I have a $400 silk shirt on. It, that's his thing. <laughs> and so he, he tore the thumb flap back on his, on his thumb, and he has to go get uh, a uh, 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 stitches done. So now, mind you, we get down, and he walks out, and he says something like, you know, I'm tougher than Matt Hughes, right? I'm like, I'm better, I'm, you know, I, hit, I hit you harder than Matt Hughes, or something like that. Was he joking? It was, it was no, it was like he was being serious. Like, it's something <laughs> weird like that. So then he goes in, and, and, and we part ways, whatever, and he, and God bless him, because, he goes, he goes, and I saw the photo, so I know this is 100% true. He goes and gets the stitches in his thumb, wraps it up, comes back, and goes out that night. So he goes to the hospital, comes back out, and he's got, he's out running around with some of the, you know, the, the, some of the best looking model guys and girls that I've, I've seen in a while in Vegas at the time. Yeah. He was like running around with all of them. And then, like years later, the, the book comes out where he jumps on me and puts a rinnick of choke on. And I'm like, guys. We're in a five grown ass men in an elevator. How are you jumping on my back? There's no space for you to jump on my back unless I literally go turn around backwards, give you my back, yeah. bend down for you to but jump on. But you did hit him yeah. first. But you did hit Come him. First. He was okay. He was checking out Darius' watch, and you did neck chop him. Yeah, chop. Yeah, absolutely. Which, which yeah. was not. I mean, that kind of was not uncalled for. No. No, it was completely called for. Completely called for. You're in a meeting with 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 uh, 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 with George Greenberg at Fox. You're yeah. in a meeting with George Greenberg. You're yeah. sitting. You're literally in an elevator with George Greenberg, and he's about to give you a double pay raise for what you're doing now. Give you more work and double the money for the next stuff you're going to do. And you're in the middle of yes, my guy will call you. I have you know blah blah blah. We'll get this whole thing done, and I jump in the middle of it and start a new conversation with him and stop your conversation right in the middle of you getting off your dad's couch. I probably wouldn't neck chop you. Yes, you absolutely <laughs> fucking would. You no, would neck chop well, you're not Frank You no, would neck chop the shit neck, out of me. I'm not neck chopping. No offense, dude. Move. I may be like, hey, man, I'm trying to have a conversation. Yeah, the punishment <laughs> doesn't exactly fit the question. <laughs> when you, I, when I, you neck chop I, I somebody. I use words first. Like, uh, excuse me, we're having a. Uh, but I guess, I guess to Frank Trigg, a, a throat yeah. chop is the equivalent to saying, excuse me. And he wants a fight. Kind of. he, right. he, he does want to fight. Yeah. And yeah. he wants to show, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to fight. Look, I'll fight Bruce Buffer right here. Bam, neck chop him. Departed. I'm in. Depart, yeah. motherfucker. Wait, it's my turn. Wait, so Bruce is so on Bruce's book, he said he rear naked choked you? Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> fucking silly. I know. He rear naked choked. 
choked you in an elevator. I mean, come on, come on, guys. Let's not be silly. I mean, but you know, now now when when this airs, Bruce is going to be like, he's going to hit you up, and then you know, come on, I'm really, you know, let me come back in and tell my side of the story. Yeah, right. Which you okay? All right, Bruce, come on in. We'll keep we'll keep selling books. We'll keep selling books for you. I think it's in chapter thirteen or something silly. Like, come on. He's going to have to. It's going to be one of those re-released with new new information. Yeah, let's go. I'm going to write that. What's it? Not the version. Not the forward. What is it when you write the when somebody writes the end like you have like uh, Dan Gale write your forward, but then you write somebody else writes the what's the thing called at the end of the book? Not the end notes, but there's uh, someone, oh, somebody God. writes something to back like the back flap or whatever. The epilogue. The afterword, yeah, yeah. yeah. When yeah. someone goes and writes the afterword, we can update yeah. the afterword. Well, no, after it was over, did Goldberg go, it's all over. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that's what he does during sex. That's the whole thing. Oh, yeah. That's how he comes. <laughs> oh, baby. It's all over. Oh, by the way, I love it when you do your impression of Bruce Buffer. He sounds uh, just like um, Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, you come right in. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, like, I don't no respect at all. <laughs> I'm not very good at impressions. Like, I'm horrible. So I, my, that's my go-to is Rodney. Frank, Frank's actually a really funny guy. He did stand up. He opened for me in Vegas one time. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was. It's. I'm still in that. The problem with my comedy at, at live show is that I'm still in that commentator mode where I don't care if you give me a reaction or not because I can't hear you when I'm sitting at the commentating booth. I can't it, hear the people at home right now. It was his huh. first show ever. Yeah. Remember your first show ever? Oh yeah. In, in a Vegas crowd in front of 200 people. Was this at the Bally's? Yeah, at Bally's. Yeah, he just yeah. gets up and then and then I'm like at the end he's like kind of beating. I'm like, dude. It's like saying, hey, Adam, uh, hey, I, 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 I want to train. Jump in the ring. No practice. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the octagon and see how you do. <laughs> We're the Bally's in Vegas. Get on stage. Yeah. Let's, let, let's see how you do against Dennis, Dennis Hallman in your first fight ever. Without yeah. any, like, I mean, come on. It, it made no I had fun. I loved it. It was did, great. I had a great time. Yeah. But I, my, my timing is bad, and i got to get my rhythm down better. Like i got to remember that you, like, when there's no – I have a mic in my hand. Yeah. But I'm not calling a fight. It I'm was your first show ever. Down, you had never go, done yeah. an open mic. Never done it. It yeah, was your nothing. first show. I mean, you, you did amazing, actually. You know, I actually I teach stand up workshops if you want to. Oh, you do? Yeah, if you free? For free? Workshop, good. Yeah, for free? So perfect. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. Good. That would be amazing. If, it, if it's for free, it's for me. <laughs> All right, so we're going to call Sarah McMahon right now. Uh, Sarah's coming off a tough loss to Misha Tate. Yeah, heck of a fight, though. Yeah. Fight, I think she should have she won. She should have won, yeah. She had that fight. Misha trains in my camp at Couture's in Vegas, and I thought Sarah was going to win. And uh, Misha proved me wrong. She went out there and put so the So we're going to talk to her right now. And then we also have James Krause on the show. Marina wants to call in. I love Marina. She's like, Where is she? she's, she's working, she, but she, is she's she like, working with Ronda? she's working, but she's like, can I please call in? She, she, she misses the And how am I going to say, I'm not going to say no. no of, of course. course. So she's scared of me. She doesn't want to come in because she knows I'm going to be in the studio. She has this thing for me now. She does. I, was say, I think she, you secretly She likes ball guys with beards. I think, I, yeah. Yeah. Fighters. I swear yeah. to God. Hey, that's you actually got a tugboat and you are in, my man. So we are, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about UFC fight night that happened last night as well as we're going to talk about UFC 184, give our predictions. We're going to talk about Mayweather Pacquiao, UFC 187. We got, we got a lot of shit to cover. First, we're going to call Sarah McMahon. Thank you, Evan the Beard, and uh, stick with us. So we have the beautiful, talented, strong, amazing fighter Sarah McMahon is on the line. Yeah, You're here with uh, the Greg Wilson, the hey. comedian, and Frank Trigg. Hey, Sarah. Uh-huh. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm just getting ready for practice. Nice. Nice. Now, are you practicing with uh, Marcelo still? or? No, no. I'm uh, back in South Carolina, so I'm going to Revolution Martial Arts. Nice. I'm doing their key class. Nice. No, no where, where in South Carolina? It's in Spartanburg, South Carolina. How far is that from Myrtle Beach? Ooh, 
that's like four and a half hours, unfortunately. Uh, damn, I, I have a show at Myrtle Beach. I was gonna, I was gonna invite you to come. So uh, now, now, Sarah, your your last fight was uh, it was a it was a great fight. It was probably the best fight of the night. Uh, it was an awesome fight, incredible fight. Um, you you came off on like the wrong end, but it was a very close fight. You I think you had you had Misha hurt in the first. Were you surprised by Misha's yeah. durability? And what would you do differently if you were a fighter again? Tell, tell, tell us about that fight. Um, okay, so I wasn't surprised that um, I hurt her on the feet. Um, my striking has been like I've always had uh, a lot of power from you know like developing a lot of strength and explosiveness from wrestling. So that wasn't really surprising to me. And um, this camp, I like definitely heavily focused on my striking. I thought it would be a really good uh, area to exploit. And um, I think that if I could change something, uh, which it's just, I mean, like it's just a cage experience, which would be coming in a little bit more calm and composed. Um, you know, I talked with my coaches about it, uh, Cody Freeland and Bill Nurse. And if I could have just, you know, shuffled in slowly, you know, and been a little bit more composed at, when she got hurt, um, I would have been able to, you know, finish the fight then. So yeah. definitely something to work on. But I mean, that's kind of just, uh, that happens, you know, from getting, from having a lot of fights under your belt and you can't hit people and hurt them like that in practice or you really shouldn't. <laughs> you don't really get as much <laughs> experience with that. Do you, I mean, do you think a part of you, like, um, do you think about part of you, uh, were you were were you surprised by her her ability to kind of take your punch and then kind of come back in the second and third? Um, no, I, I mean she she was uh, after the first few exchanges, you know, like she was not trying to engage as much. She was definitely backing up more. So I didn't know if that was a um, I didn't know she was hurt, and then I also didn't know if that was a strategy because sometimes it's easier to. Uh, take people down if you get them kind of drawn into you rather than chasing the takedown. So, um, possum. you know, like that's, I wasn't, um, you know, she, she took the punches, but she definitely did not seem to like them at all. So, yeah, no, no, I mean, you were, you, I mean, I thought, the, I, I thought you were going to finish her in the first. I, I really thought that. And, you know, I wasn't surprised because you have ridiculous. You have good power for a you know a one thirty five or girl. I mean, you you have, you have exceptional power. Um, do you think? Yeah, maybe... I'm just as shocked as you. Seriously, like, yeah. <laughs> I knew I like, hard, but honestly, when it came back out and like I had that that kind of power, I thought, okay, I can I can hit more accurate and you know maybe get a knockout by hitting the right spot. But you know, like really after that fight, I was like, oh my God, I am just going to stand and absolutely clobber people now. Like, knowing <laughs> Don't do that it. I can like hit it. that hard, I am going to, I'm going to Hulk smash. And that's basically my technique. I try to be so much more technical, but I'm kind of a Hulk smash. <laughs> hey, I'm, Sarah, this is trick talking. I'm, I'm telling you right now from experience, don't fucking do that. Because all wrestlers get into that, get in that mindset of, hey, you can't take me down. Screw you. I'm just going to punch in the head as hard as I can. Eventually, and we all get beat somehow. It's just do what okay. you do best. Hit her hard, take him down, and then hit him hard again later on the ground. Like you gotta. But my my biggest question is, Misha was hurt. She was, she's durable. We all know that. She's gonna find a way to come back. We get that. She was on the ropes. You could have put her out easily in that first round. It seemed like. What did you see? Because you're obviously there. We're just on at home on the couch watching it. You know, yelling at you. What did you see that was like? Okay, I got to slow down a little bit. I got to back off because. It looked like to us, wait when you got on top of her, that, okay, this is it. We're four or five punches away. Well, yeah. Um, I 
she did a good job of just tying me down. I really was trying to, uh, um, you know, get my hands free, but also like I have uh, a problem of losing people's hips sometimes whenever I throw too much too frequently. Mm. So, um, I really kind of worked on being able to like throw and elbow, but then also keep control of their hips. So I don't lose the, the position, you know, like it's a kind of a fine balance, but that's another thing too, of not having as much experience. It's the same thing in wrestling. When you break somebody, if you're not experienced at breaking people, you know, in a ton of competition, I, I couldn't smell blood in the water as well. You know, if I, um, when I got on top, I didn't realize that I was like that close to the, to the point. I thought that I'd kind of wet, um, she'd weathered the storm and she started to get her composure back. So, you know, like that's something that, you know, the, the more I'm out there and the more that I can experience that, the more I can say, okay, I know I am just a, a couple of punches away. And I've gone back and watched video of guys that, that ended fights that way from like a nice hit and then, you know, smart ground and pound and not getting tangled up and not letting the guy survive it. And I've, I've seen other people survive it, too. So um, that's what basically I've just been looking at, like what what positions they prefer to be able to stop it, um, you know, what, how the pace that they went of their strikes to be able to finish it. So things like that, just to make sure I can capitalize on, on such an awesome opportunity. Do you think maybe uh, you, do you think maybe you're too nice? I mean, I hate to say it, but it, like, but I like I, I I look at you and you're such a beautiful person, honestly. And I'm not just saying that like physically. Yeah, you're a pretty girl, obviously, great butt. You know, you married, okay. But but also, but you uh, but you also go to third world countries in Indonesia. You you help feed ch- starving children. Uh, you help build houses for people. You know, you travel the world. You're kind of this hippie girl. You're not you're not. A very material girl. You you hang out. You 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 walk around with flip flops and bare feet. Do you think? Do you think maybe you like you're just too nice? I'm absolutely not too nice. Not when it comes to being in the cage. Like it. Uh, like I've always been a nice person, even wrestling. But you know, like there's everybody has different sides of them, and um, and most people maybe they don't like to admit it if they're in a combat combat sport. But there is a side to them that enjoys beating and breaking other people like, and and I'm no different. So I can kind of separate that as two different aspects of my personality, but make no mistake at all. When I'm in there and I make those connections and hit people and whenever, you know, like I work and get a submission and I'm completely controlling someone's body and they give up, that is a great feeling to me. So, um, there's, I mean, and you have to be a certain kind of person to enjoy that. So I have, I have a very mean, ruthless side too. So, all right. And oh. anybody who's ever, you know, crossed me or threatened, me, you know, that. my daughter's safety, they they see that side and they definitely do not like it. So. And I remember last time you were on the show, I asked because I know that your your husband is, is a was a wrestler, is a wrestling coach, and I I asked you if oh. if sometimes you have a tough time determining who gets top and bottom during sex because you don't like to be on your back and and then your husband hit me up on twitter and, and made and he made uh, me and he said that he was on top is that is that true well uh i'm not with him anymore oh sorry yeah oh sorry. <laughs> really you guys are, okay. I'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry i i, I had no idea no, no 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 i didn't i i keep things private so i'm not really when people don't I'm, know i'm, I'm sorry I'm, how I, could I, you not know i gotta jump in are you dating anybody right now are you seeing anybody do I have a shot again? Am I what? Are you dating anybody? Are you seeing anybody? Do we, do, do we have a shot? No, do have a shot no. 
I'm not seeing anybody. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying to sneak myself back in. That's all I want to do. Just want to be by Sarah McMahon again. That's all I'm trying to do. Really? Have you ever? Have you ever hit on her back in the day? Uh, no, no. I never. The thing with Sarah is like it's funny because when we would tour together and train together sometimes and be around each other, I never would hit on her because I had so much respect for how she trained. She trained. She's one of the first real women that I met that trained just as hard as the men and what wasn't in it just because she was kind of good at something in her little small town. She really wanted to be the best and it showed. If you go and look at her, her storied career. So I never hit on her. And that, one of the girls. I yeah, just and away. actually like um in most of the gyms I go to, that's the case too. Like I, I won't find out until like way later that like um, you know, somebody liked me, but they would never ever come on to me while I was practicing. And, you know, like they probably would have they they can tell that they would have gotten like a very dirty look or you know, so I'm <laughs> yeah. there to train, so I'm not there. Yeah, you you have can to tell wait. people that are in there to find a, a boyfriend and the people who are there to be serious. So. It's tough to find the right time to, to hit on a girl like Sarah. I mean to be honest. And it's gotta be lonely for her. <laughs> I mean I know it's it sounds but you it's gotta be lonely because you're around guys all the time. You're like, wow, I'd like to be, I'd like to be um, hit on. Like people like being hit on. People like be, yeah. realizing they're attractive. I don't think, I don't but, think Sarah. No, would, no, would I like... get, I, I get a lot of enjoyment of like, I'm almost like taken in as like one of the guys. So like, I get like a lot more out of like becoming friends and joking around. But truthfully, um, it's almost like a, a weeding itself uh, out process because only guys who are like pretty assertive, pretty bold, you know, like kind of like stronger type of personality mm-hmm. will be like, well, you know, I don't care. I'm going to hit on her. And that, and that's a typically the type of guy that I would go for anyways. Not like a, yeah. a guy who's too scared to, to go for it. You know, so like Sarah, if we, if we so, hook up, would you wear your medal? Like if we ever, like if we ever had like hooked up like during like, you know, Oh my god! <laughs> no, that would probably be a little too weird. No, all right, okay. I'm just, I'm just saying. How, how awesome would that be? She's what? a silver medalist that'd in the be Olympics. That'd be amazing. Tell me, you, you wouldn't be on top, and it's just like dangling in your face. Oh, that would be amazing. Championship in your face. That'd be, I'd be into it. That would be the closest I ever came. To. I don't think so. I don't think that'd be the closest you ever came. That's. I'm sorry, sir. We took us the wrong path, but it's just. Uh, yeah. That's okay. I'm, I'm wrong. Purpose. Well, because no, we. Wrong. You guys don't. Well, the me. last. <laughs> I was on I was on the podcast two weeks ago, and this is the thing I have about women's MMA. I don't like it because it's still in that fetish stage where a lot of guys watch it because two hot chicks beating up on each other. But not just because yeah. it's two hot chicks beating well, up. It's just an added component. Yeah, I, like, I disagree. Like I I, I just, you know what it is? For me personally, though, Frank, I coach wrestling. I, cho- I coach girls wrestling. I coach guys wrestling. To me, I, I don't look at it as that at all. I, I think it's funny. You're the coach. I, I also think, no, but you know, I'm talking about even watching women's MMA. It's funny to make a joke when a girl like Felice Herrig is, is fighting a Paige Van Zandt of, oh, these chicks are hot or blah, 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 blah. Or like, the loser's going to be the guy sitting in front of me. I, I mean, you can, there's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of jokes to be made. You know? However, when it comes down to it, I, I think that you're overestimating the amount of guys that are really getting off to, to women's MMA. I, I, I do, right? Sarah? Well, you know, I don't, and I don't like, do it any different. Like, I'm around girls, and I hear how they talk about the guys, and guys are out mm-hmm. there just wearing these tight little spandex shorts, and, you know, girls can be just as crude as the guys, so and it is a sport that's showing the skin, and, you know, the way so... in, like, you're taking your clothes off, it's almost like a little strip tease, like, so, I mean... It, so they, so, so, you, so you've seen the promotion for the men's swimsuit edition. So, Sarah, you've seen the the, the swimsuit, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition for men then that they're, that they're promoting right now, right? No, but but so that's you've seen, so you've seen, so you've seen the fact that 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 so that so you've seen so you've seen the fifteen thousand posts of Sarah 
flexing when she makes weight of her abs that's been that's been photoshopped and rephotoshopped. But that's I have the exact same the exact same pose and a small she's wearing boy shorts. I have bikini bottoms on. You're talking and not one person has photoshopped that to anything else. <laughs> you were but naked. You were naked in Playgirl. Okay. And no, and they've only and they, all they done photoshopped that one is photoshopped my dick out of it. So, so <laughs> really, like, what do you? So you're talking about you're talking about it not being a fetish. You're crazy. You're nuts. Uh, there's always a fed in every in everything. There's going to be a, there's always going to be creeps in, in every in anything. Yeah. Uh, there, there are creeps yeah. that people that there are guys who go. Well, people, there's, and, you know, there's three creeps on the I mean, like, yeah, there's a reason it. why a bubblegum ad will have like a girl in a bikini on it, yeah. or a, you right, know, like um, right. you know, like a fast food restaurant will have some beautiful girl eating a sandwich, you know, on the beach. And I mean, it's so it's MMA is like really no different. I just think that you know, like we're. We're athletes. We're in great shape, you know. Like, yeah, we go out there in a super aggressive, you know, a kind of unique atmosphere for, especially for females. But it's a very like very manly thing watching two guys fight. You know, I can see why it would appeal to either sex. How are you? How are you doing with your daughter and all, and all this? Like explaining it to her because I know it's got to be tough because she's at that age now where she she knows what mommy does. She sees what mommy. You know, I want to be like mommy. You know, but then she has to see uh, mommy's opponents. You're totally different than the other group. Well, you know, so how is it? teaching her like this is what i do well actually i use things for learning lessons like i I came home and she's like mom why did you only win one round instead of winning two rounds you know i was like you know i was like i just tried the best that i could i said remember when i talked about you know because she's ultra competitive so i was like you can't win everything you just do the best that you can you know and then um another time like her little friend was like oh, you had an amazing, or you did great in your fight. And my daughter turns around, and she's like, you did great in the first part of your fight. Uh, <laughs> did, oh, she, did, she, did she ask you why you stepped over the wizard in the third round? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, she didn't. Why did but, you, you know, do that? Honestly. get to that point. But why? She hates I, losing, and she hates me losing. But so. why did you? I mean, honestly, Sarah, I have to ask you this, because I, I, I mean, you're a girl who's a silver medalist in wrestling, the highest level. You, 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 you've accomplished more more than 99.9 billion people times a billion in wrestling. Misha had a wizard, but you 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 stepped over the back, which is like wrestling 101. What were you think was that no, just No, no, no. If you if you watch some wrestlers, you can see that <laughs> if they're tipped to the balance point, which if the cage wasn't in the way, if I could have thrown a crossbody leg in and drove in with my hips better, I would have taken her back. So, uh... yeah, it was definitely an, an error on my part cuz I her hips were uh, higher than my hips. But if I'd been able to secure it, it would have been brilliant. Oh, uh, okay. You're right. It. You're right. And the things are, I'm not used to the cage being in the way. And truthfully, when I when I did that throw, I honestly expected just to bump her hips and, and her to square up with me and us to stay on our feet. I didn't like um, – usually when, when you come in for a hip toss against somebody who has a wrestling background, you as you're coming in with your hips – they're already moving their hips off of 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 it, you know. Like I really expected to bump it, so I was kind of surpri- caught off guard that I was able to. And I thought, well, when we land, if I can step over and, mm. and secure yeah. either mount or take her back, but I didn't have the right hip pressure and they weren't high enough. So ah, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Because I, I was okay. All right, that makes total. I, I like it, it was, Sarah. And it was taking a risk. It really was. Like I. I kind of maybe just got a little too greedy with the position. Okay. Okay. Listen. All right. Okay. Listen. You're going to come back. I know you will. You're a champ. You, it, it, it wasn't like you got hurt in the fight. You know? No, uh, no. I came like, out pretty. I had a um, a little knot on my forehead and a little shiner. I get a shiner in every single fight. I can get punched one time and I'll come out with a shiner. 
Yeah, crazy. but but you didn't get hurt. So I mean, even even in the Ronda fight where where, where, where you got that knee to the, to the to the rib cage, it wasn't like you inflicted any kind of brain damage or you're, you got, you just got you just got the wind knocked out of you. This one you just got dominated. Yeah. So you're losing, but you're not getting hurt. You know, so yeah, and wrestlers are able to control people's body well enough. Uh, I think a lot of times to not get too injured. But like Frank said, and I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to take your advice. Um, is that you know, if we can, if we don't start to just stand up and strike with people, we can control a lot of that to protect ourselves. So, and I think it increases the longevity of it. So maybe I won't get in there and trade with people, but I am going to hurt them. Well, I'm the, going to get a knockout. Here's the other thing too, Sarah, for me, for me listening to, to what you've said and watching the fight a couple of different times, knowing now that you have the striking ability that you do on your feet, you don't have to worry about holding their hips anymore. You can punch the crap out of them on the ground. If they get away, so be it. They can't take you down, and you can hit them again. Yeah. And then you can take them down when you want yeah. to. So you, if you get that first takedown, in my opinion, you'll talk to Phil, you'll talk to, to Marcelo, you'll talk to everybody else, and you'll kind of formulate, in my opinion, be conservative. The first takedown, like the, the first striking sequence to takedown, and once you take them down, you're like, oh, that was easy. Now you know, I, I can do this to this girl all day long. I'm going to punch the crap yeah. out of her. She gets away. So what? I'll take her down again. And trust yeah. me, you keep taking somebody down two, three times in a round, they're going to quit come the second round because they're exhausted and trying to keep you off them. And then you'll be able to knock them out way easier in the end. You'd be surprised. My submission game was really, really good long before anybody ever saw it because I was wa- wasting guys and getting them so tired, they would quit. I wasn't hitting them hard enough to knock them out. I don't have that kind of power. Not like the power that you have. I was hitting guys, and they were just like, I'm tired of getting hit. I'm tired of, of being taken down. And they were just quitting. They were just physically fatigued. Now, you can hit somebody hard. They'll come up and make a mistake and try to ludge in. They'll run right into your hand and fall down face first. And that will be beautiful. Yeah. So who do you want and to find? I'm actually, like, I've worked on uh, a lot on being able to strike while backing up. That's, like, a, a very good survival thing um, in rooms with boys who are pretty fast. So who do you, who do you want to fight next, Sarah? Oh, crap. I didn't even think about that. Um, you know, like, I know that, um, like, Alexis Davis has Sarah Kaufman, but, you know, she's, like, one of the top five girls, so I'd love to to fight her. I think that would be a super exciting fight because she's a brawler. But, um, you know, like, I always just want top ten girls. You know, I know that's, like, super greedy of me because there's only so many of them, and they have to kind of fight other girls, too, but... I don't know. Like I'm, I'm one of the older girls in the division, so I think I should get a little bit of leeway like that. They've got probably longer careers, so they can wait and fight each other later. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, and and, and like, and, and now that you're a single milf on the prowl, are are you looking for? Uh, are are you, I, I mean, could, I'm not on the prowl. I'm gonna, not on the prowl. I don't. I pretty much just do what I love to do, and I'll be taking care of my daughter. And then, are I you just, coming? Like, are you? Things, co- are you coming things, to L.A. this week? Things happen if they happen. Right. Am I what? Are you coming to L.A. this week for the fights? Uh, no, I'm actually Damn. not going to. Because I'm, I'm going to be here. I was hoping you'd come in. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I'm trying to get this whole scam going on in my head now. I'm just trying Sarah, to. Frank has a girlfriend, right? <laughs> and what they do is they pick out other hot it's girls. It's not what we do. And then it's... they take them home. But it might be good for you because that way you don't have to get no committed to them. You could just go and hook up with Frank and his girl. No, kidding. Yeah, I just got out of like an eight and a half year relationship, like not really like 
super interested in jumping back into I am the, too, I am the perfect. I'd rather just have fun. Yep, I am the perfect rebound. I am the perfect non-fun <laughs> rebound guy. Perfect. I, I would say every rebound, woman I slept with. Every woman that ever slept with me did it out of revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Women don't choose me. You want to piss off your ex-husband? Let, you sleep with the Greg like, Wilson. Let me be that guy. Yes. yes. He will look at you and be like, how could you let him? We should do a dating show where it's like uh, us us three competing for like the, 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 yes. the, the MMA bachelorette. Oh, no. With Sarah McMahon, Adam, Frank, and Greg, and we all compete. We can have a whole tournament. You guys can fight it out. I think Frank would win. But no, no, we we do different things, you know, but ultimately, at the end of the day, I'm killing all of you. (laughs) I don't care. Even if I lose, I'm still winning. It just doesn't matter. Listen, if you want a guy you can easily break, I'm the guy. That technique I was talking about, Sarah, this is how you do it. (laughs) You want to break Greg Wilson? I would would pay to see Sarah go out with the Greg Wilson. That would be the funniest date of all time. I bet you'd make her laugh. I'm very confident. I'm confident, like, with my personality. You know? Yeah. I'm, but, I mean, you know, if you wanted to break me, it wouldn't be that much of a challenge. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, if you decided I, you didn't like something I was doing, you'd be like, okay, good night. Yeah, honestly, I think, honestly, I think that you need a, a comedian right now. I think, so. I think that's what you need, a comic that you can go out with and... You know, that comes into town. You only have to see him like once every month. She would scare it, me. Her, her, Sarah's <laughs> arms are so big and her shoulders are so jacked. Oh my God. Get, getting a handy, you'd rip off my, I swear to God. <laughs> You, you would rip it and th- throw it See, it's, somewhere. It's so weird how you're saying that out of disgust, and I'm just getting turned on. It's so strange. <laughs> I'm kidding, sir. I'm kidding. I'm, well, not really. Weird. I am. That would be terrible. <laughs> that would be terrible. I get picked on like every single day by all the guys in my gym. So you're, you're not totally <laughs> really. You can't hurt my feelings. Oh yeah, she ends up a bunch of purrs every time I interview her. She's like, oh yeah, like off before we start the interview. She's like, oh yeah, just, it's like. Her, her group of guys she hangs out with her friends like her really close friends are all perverted they're all like, of course super super yeah. psycho nuts and she sees the worst of it because she's like the hot chick and it's like this whole thing oh it's a, she's I the hot imagine. cool chick that can kick their ass yeah yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, break me so, well listen Sarah uh, it was a pleasure having you on the show um, I am a fan for life I don't oh, think I don't, I don't think people realize how great of a girl you are and uh, I mean, yeah. honestly, she goes to Indonesia and builds homes for, yeah. for, for homeless people. Listen, dating me would be charity. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all agree. That. You, I, you're such a good person and, and you're, you're a winner at life. I mean, so uh, but before we let know. it go, though, I need to apologize for two things to, to Sarah. One, I'm apologize right now for when this this. In the, this podcast airs, you're gonna get hit up all the time. I apologize for making that happen. <laughs> and two, I'm gonna I'm gonna apologize for any drunk texting that I, I do with you anytime between now and the next year and a half. So just some apologize now. And okay. any of those photos that come out, them on social media. You know, if like if I send you a photo, if I send you a photo. It's not me unless you like it, then it's me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. if, you have any, if you have any tattoos that are identifiable in the picture, sorry for your luck. Hey, it's, it's already been out there. Like Everyone's already seen it. Yeah, so everyone, every, everyone's seen his, his, uh, his half black penis. I'm not worried and, about and, it, and it's, man. Uh, it's, it's quite the... Do you like a lot of bush or uh, trimmed? He has, it, he has tattooed your name so he can hit on girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I have your name tattooed on my penis. <laughs> <laughs> See? Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, and everyone is why we like her. See yeah. how these guys, are, see how the guys I'm around have corrupted me. Yes, yes. I, I think they it. made you better. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Improvement. They've improved all of your game. Well, yeah. well, thanks for coming on the show, Sarah, and have a great week and uh, good luck with everything. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Bye. All right. So that was Sarah McMahon, single now. Single. Uh, 
I love the second, like, it went from, like, a really traditional interview, and then she said she was no longer with her husband, and the wheels just shot right off. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so let's go. Well, you, you never want to disrespect the husband that, that you don't right. ever see. Exactly. You know. Yeah, of course. But uh, I'll definitely disrespect the ex-boyfriend. Uh-huh. Uh, so we're going to try Marina Shafir. Marina actually uh, couldn't be with us today, but she's she's like, hey, can I call in? I'm like, why, why can't she be with us? She, she's, uh, she's, she's training, or she's working, or she's got something. Hold on, she still works? Yeah. She's, she's, of course, dude. She doesn't have a lot of fights. She doesn't have a lot of fights. She only had two pro fights. So? So you got to pay those bills every month. Yeah. I mean. I thought she had some rich boyfriend or something lived in New York, you know, driving big uh, cruise ships or something. And- yeah. He, he, but she still works. Works at a, at a, a barista every, uh, every like, I think five days a week she works. Shut up. Really? Yeah. See. I don't- so what she really needs is a sugar daddy. Um, yeah, probably. Well, I don't think she needs that. She probably likes working. So we're going to try to call Marina right now. <laughs> Come on, Marina. I feel like, Trick, when you look at me, I feel like you look at me like, you're everything I don't want my son to be. <laughs> I look at you, you're everything I don't want my daughter to be. Yeah. <laughs> That's, funny. That's why she's going to wind up dating a guy like me. Yep. Just to drive you nuts. <laughs> Fucking eight. Now he's ready. Nobody likes you, Adam. Hey, this is Marina. Leave a message. I'll All right, call so you let's right leave back. a message on her thing. Don't, don't, don't hang up. At the tone, please record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up or press one for more options. Hey, Marina, what's up? It's Adam Hunter. Uh, we're on the podcast right now on your answering machine. Yeah, we're just leaving you a sweet little message. I uh, hope you're doing well and you're training hard. You're, you're definitely missed. You are. I mean, we never got a chance to explore whether or not you wore a bra last week. Yeah, yeah. Greg does not think that you wear a bra on the show. I don't think you do. I, I want to know. Frank, what do you what? think? Do you, does it matter? It doesn't matter. I mean, I think it's sexier if you're not. Really? Do your boobs look good without the bra on? There's that little... That she, little... she doesn't think she has the biggest boobs. She, she's actually, she thinks she has small boobs. Right, and that's what I think is sexy about it. Let them, let them jiggle around. Let them do a little dance. You're more of a, 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 a small boob guy? I'm a whatever boobs wind up in my mouth. <laughs> 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 uh, you know what I mean? That's, that's how I pick them. Wind yeah. up in my mouth, I like them. I know exactly. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm that kind of guy too, actually. Yeah. <laughs> if you let me touch them, they're now my favorite. <laughs> All right. Well, Marina, so uh, sorry you couldn't be on the podcast this week. We'll see you next week. Uh, we love you. And uh, see you next week. All right. So Krause is ready. All right. That was, that was hilarious. That was a good segment. And, that's on, her, and that, that's on her answer machine, too. <laughs> She's going to keep that one for sure. <laughs> All right. All right. So, all right. Let's, let's, let's go. All right. Call Colin Krause. All right, cool. He's ready. Okay, cool. Hello. James Krause. Hello? Hey, James Krause. It's Adam Hunter. You're with The Greg Wilson and Frank Trigg on the MMA Roasted Podcast. How are you? Are you in a well? Yeah, man. I'm doing great. Oh, great. Awesome, man. (laughs) So you got a big fight coming up on Saturday. You just asked if, I was, if I'm in a well or if I'm doing well. No, I asked if you were in a well, but uh, but, oh, do I sound but like I'm in a well. Yeah, it was yeah, a out. little, a little, it was cutting out. But now, but I think now we're good. You got a big fight Saturday in LA. Are you in LA right now or no? Uh, no, I leave tomorrow. Nice. So you're. Uh, how are you, man? Are you, are you ready for this fight? Are you pumped? Are you, are you are you hungry to get back in there? Talk to us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, definitely pumped, ready to get back to my winning ways, where I belong. 
um, you know, not to sound too cliche here, but uh, I'm definitely prepped and and the best I've ever been. I just keep every fight. I feel like I get better, and uh, you know, as long as I show up on on Saturday and I bring my tools to the table, I just don't see any possible way that I can lose this fight. Well, that's the attitude right there. Woo! <laughs> now, now, uh, now, your last fight against Masvidal. Masvidal's a, a, a monster. Uh, it, it seemed like you just couldn't get started. Like you just had a tough time. Just fight. like uh, it seemed like you, like sometimes you're just having a bad night. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah. So, so if I'm if 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 I'm James Krause and I work at Subway, man, there's just there's sometimes on a Saturday night where I just don't show up to Subway and I, and I, I don't make good sandwiches. You know, it happens every once in a while. So, uh, yeah, to answer your question, I just didn't show up, man. I just highly underperformed and, uh, you know, it's my job this Saturday to make sure that doesn't happen again. Um, I usually bounce back very well from a loss. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't take any time off after the last loss. I immediately went into, uh, into training again. Uh, I think I took maybe a couple of days off and, and got right back to training and, uh, you know, I think I just need to do a better job of mixing things up. Uh, I have a tendency to go out and want to please the fans a little too much sometimes. I just want to keep things interesting. I like to strike because that's what the fans want to see. But I think I need to do a good job of, uh, you know, mixing things up, work the takedowns in, and, and at least show them. You know, I, I think just to keep people honest, keep people guessing. And I, I feel like I have the tools to be uh, exciting on the ground as well. So that's something I'm definitely looking forward to doing. And, and I'm not necessarily looking for the takedown. I'm not necessarily looking to strike. But I just think – I need to do a better job of mixing things up, and uh, I think that'll open up uh, open up everything. I mean, you're a guy who's who's had such a career, man. I mean, look at I look at like uh, I mean, you're not obviously you know you were a guy who was the number one prospect in the world and in, 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 in the in the country at one point. Then you start off your career, you're like you're like eleven or zero before you fight Donald Cerrone in the, your first big WEC fight. Then then you then you then you then you end up in in Titan FC RFC. Uh, WEC, try out for the Ultimate Fighter, don't make the house, come back, you land back in the UFC. I mean, you're a guy who's fucking tenacious, who just keeps bouncing back. Does it get exhausting, or are you just the kind of guy that wakes up every day and you're like, man, what? I don't care what the fuck you throw at me, I'm throwing back harder? You know, uh, I think with maturity has become that, that, that attitude that says, you know, whatever it takes type of deal. Uh, but I'd be lying to you if I told you that there definitely wasn't times where I was I was struggling mentally to to see if I I keep wanted you know if I wanted to keep doing this or not. But uh, now you know it's just I have goals in front of me and uh, I literally you know I tell people this all the time. You know people ask me you know what what is something that I can do to to really make a difference you know as far as like what can I how can I how can I reach my goals and it's usually fighting related because I fight obviously. But I say look every day I wake up. I clear my schedule and I prioritize my goals. You know, what are my goals right now? What's important to me? Boom, I put them on the schedule. Those are the first things that go on. Not anything else, not not sleep, not, you know, not not uh, spending time doing other crap, not playing Xbox, not watching movies, my goals. You know, the <laughs> UFC, my business, those are the, the top priorities. You know, obviously it comes out with family and stuff like that. Uh, those are my goals. So I wake up and I and I, I drive towards those goals every single day. And uh, you know I, I I'm just a workhorse at it. That's that's all I do. That's all I care about. And I, I I become obsessed with reaching my goals. Now, Frank, don't don't you you you're still running the gym, right? You said- uh, I don't run it anymore. No. 
Okay, because that was one of the things that you, when you and I talked before that I was saying that like that's taking a lot of time away from your ability to train. Is you have this gym and you're trying to run it. There's a lot of athletes now, especially fighters, that are going well. The only way to make extra money because of the new or because the the way the sponsorship dollars are coming in is to run a gym. I'll make money doing that, and then it gets it becomes burdensome. It becomes too yeah. much teaching and running this gym and trying to keep things together. You've stopped running the gym, but you still coach at the gym as well. Yeah, I teach. I mean, I teach one class a week. Oh, so oh, so it's way down from the last time we spoke. Then before it was, you know, quite a few, and then in the middle of training camp. Yeah, so I mean, right. it's it's progressively gone down. I mean, I recently I have two gyms now, and I I, I uh, split time at both as far as training goes. Uh, and you know, before scheduled class times, I go in and I and I I won't say I run it, but I definitely oversee things and make sure everything's getting done. But you know, during during training times, I'm 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 training. You know, there's nothing. Once again, that that goes back to setting your goals and your priorities, and uh, you know when fight time comes up, that's that's my number one priority. And even when it's not, I, I don't ever miss scheduled training times ever. It's just it's something that's scheduled in. My wife knows, my family knows, the business knows. They just know, hey, when when ten thirty a.m. and five thirty p.m. roll around, James is training. That's just how it is. Now, one of one of my highlights of my life uh, was I did a show at. Uh in uh, Mizzou, actually, at Deja Vu Comedy Club. Oh, yeah. And afterwards, these three college girls invited me back to their place, and I ended up banging all three of them. Uh, they just kind of oh. they kind of jumped on me one at a time. Uh, I had one on my face while one was right. It was one of the greatest nights of my life. Have you experienced any of that being – you're from Missouri? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how to answer that. Uh, I, I think he's wondering, is all Missouri girls – yeah, is that, I mean that was one of the team, that yeah. was one of the highlights of I, my life. I mean, you're I mean you're a fighter in Missouri. You, you must have had some kind of stuff like that, no? I definitely don't think that's an accurate assessment of <laughs> of Missouri's uh, sexual encounters. That's too bad. You just hurt their tourism. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was about to buy a ticket, man. Like, really? Come on, you're you're one of the best fighters in, in, in the world, and you're living in Missouri, and and and, and, and nothing. All right, but before the marriage, come on, no threesomes, no no, no groupies. Come on, Krause, give me I something. I wish I had. I wish I had some uh, some great stories to tell you, but unfortunately, I'm kind of a. I'm kind of a loner, man. I'm a homebody. I I, I train and I uh, I sit at home. I don't I don't do a lot, man. My, my I'm I'm money motivated, bro. I don't I don't I never have and and never will worry about. Uh, How long you know, you been married? Emails first, other than my wife, obviously. But before that, I've I've always just been money motivated. I, I could care less about about any of that stuff. Right. How long How long have you been married? Uh, how long have I been married? Yeah. Uh, a little over three years. Do you think this really contributes to your ability to focus now and prepare for this fight? What was that? I'm sorry. Do you think being married really contributes to your ability to focus and prepare for this fight? Oh. Uh, no, I don't think it changes anything. I, like I said, I've always been an extremely motivated person. I'm money motivated. I'm very driven. Uh, wife or single, uh, I don't think it changes anything. I do, however, have a, a baby girl on the way that's doing oh. May. I do think that will change things and uh, make me even more driven. Congratulations, Absolutely. man. Yeah, congrats. I know, I know that Frank's been married four times, uh, and they've all been psychopaths. Uh, do, you any, any, do you have any advantage, any advice for him, Frank? Yeah. For, first, if, if you're going to be a comedian, I get the facts straight and try to pick on somebody. So. First, you want to get the facts straight. How many okay. times have you been married? Three. Three. Okay, Three. sorry. I was off by one. Yeah, that's a major one. That's, yeah. a, that's the big one. The yes. Fourth is, I remember actually watching you train at Extreme Couture, and, and, and I remember seeing your wife with your baby, and, yeah. your, and your wife looked like she just came from the rhino. Uh, yeah. she, she, she had yeah. blonde hair and these yeah. huge boobs yeah. and, and like a belly button ring. And, and, I, and I, I thought, this is definitely a chick that you'd hook up with, not one you'd marry. Uh, is that a fair assessment, Frank? 
Uh, she'll make a good wife for somebody not me. All right, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somebody not named Frank Trigg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely not anybody named Frank Trigg. Yeah. yeah. So they're, they're, the one thing I have to tell you about having kids and still competing is that the toughest thing is leaving them behind when you have to travel, like when you have to go go away for train camp or going away for for a fight. So what I did is that when I went to train camp, I would just FaceTime and 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 well, well, I guess it was it wasn't FaceTime. They didn't have FaceTime yet, but it was like uh, Skype? Skype. I would Skype right. all the time with them, and then I just made them come with me to the fights. So I'd always have the at least have the kids around me doing the fights. But you have to be ready for, especially if they're you know if it's a newborn. Oh, you know, you're talking like say you're fighting this weekend. Your baby's gonna be born in May, hopefully May seventh, because that's a good day to have, have give birth to anybody. Because it's my birthday. Nice. Um, that then you're gonna be fighting in September. They're gonna be just months old, and you have to deal with the four a.m. wake up call and the four a.m. So you have to weigh that out. Yeah, do I need to get sleep before a fight and be more relaxed, or do I need to have my child in the room with me so I feel more comfortable? So you have to kind of weigh that out, and every man's a little bit different. You know, I've talked to some guys who are like, fuck them, I don't like my kids, I'm going to be gone. You know, and they're gone, they're fight week, they just want to be an asshole and be fight week, you know, be a fighter, and then when they come home, they're like, daddy daycare, and that's what, kind of what they do. Everybody's different. Yeah. The other thing you have to do is I don't give a damn how much you trust any one of your other fighters. Do not let her around any one of their sons because we're all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Frank. Here he is. Now, uh, That's a valuable <laughs> advice. <laughs> Dear Frank. <laughs> Dear Frank, I'm having a kid, and I now want to kill myself. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. <laughs> kill every kid that's under, eight, that's under 12 Next in the week, neighborhood. Dear Frank. <laughs> yeah, I'm now. I'm kind of... That, that ship sailed, so I'm uh, I'm I'm in for the long haul now. So, now, now, James, now who's this guy you're fighting? Uh, I don't know a ton about him. I mean, Lizarro? I take that back. I know a lot about him. His name's uh, Valmir Lazaro. Uh, he's, I mean, twelve and three, nine knockouts. Uh, striker, pure striker. Very little jujitsu. You can't even find Valmir Lazaro and the 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 term jujitsu in the same sentence together. <laughs> uh, you know, he's other than his, his loss to James Vick, he's never fought anybody with a winning record. So, you know, I, I think uh, I think it makes for an exciting fight. But like I said, if you really compare uh, fighter to fighter, you know, I, I just think I'm a far superior athlete, far superior fighter. I fought way tougher people than this guy. I mean, if you just look at who I fought in the UFC alone it's just it doesn't even it's in no comparison you know i I fought way tougher guys than than this dude every every person i fought in the ufc will beat beat this dude to dust and that's just a fact so uh you know i I just have to go in and and, uh do do my thing and i have to play up to my skills and i do what i know i can and if that happens on saturday it's going to be an easy fight for me look at this guy's record look at this guy's fight history do you kind of feel like you know, a step down in competition for you a little bit because this is you fought some of the biggest names in the sport coming up, and all of a sudden you've got a guy. It's tough to find anything on. You know, you know, uh, is it a step down? Absolutely, but uh, you know, uh, these guys are hungry. You know, literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so uh, you definitely can't take anything away from from anybody. It's you know at the sport at sport of MMA. I mean, we've seen last last night ten underdogs in a row won. So yeah. you know, I can't take that. Uh, I can't let that go to my head. And uh, I got to go in and and just uh, fight my game and fight my fight. And uh, if I do that, you know, like I said, it, it should be should be uh, open and closed for me. 
Well, James, look, man, uh, we're going to be rooting for you. I like you a lot. I think you're a great guy. And you did, a, you did that military tour, right? Yeah, man, that was one of the coolest experiences I've ever done in my life. Yeah, yeah that, I, I actually helped set that up. So I was, I was, I was, I was super happy that, awesome. that, that did that. I, I did a tour that wanted fighters. Hey, I, got, I, got, I got James out there. He did a whole thing for the troops. That's excellent. Him and Shayna Baszler and Jessamyn Duke. And, uh, you know, I'd love to do that again. That was awesome. Absolutely. Uh, they're going to have more of those. And you're, you're a great guy, and, and you're a great fighter, and you've, 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 you've paid your dues. And you know, it's an honor to watch you fight, and I can't wait for Saturday night, buddy. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Well, thanks for calling. Best of luck to you, man. You have a great fight. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Take care. All right. That was James Krause. I like that guy. You know, he was saying, though, this guy, no Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I'm looking at what little information is here. And from skill breakdown, 33, like it's an even breakdown between striking, submissions, and takedowns. He's from Brazil. You you have to assume that he's a black belt. Yeah. I mean, it seems like like, I'm afraid he may be taking his ground game a little too lightly. That's, I mean, from what I'm seeing here and versus what he says, I mean, do you think that might be possible? That's like assuming every Chinese guy is Jackie Chan. (laughs) And they are. I'm, I'm assuming every Brazilian in the UFC has a good level of jiu-jitsu. No. It's, not, it's not the same like saying – You don't think so. Come no, on. In no, the no. UFC? I'm not saying every Brazilian in general. No, every, I understand. I, no, I hear you. Guys I hear, in the I hear UFC. you trying to bail yourself out. I hear you trying to back up, back up out that door. I hear you. I hear it. <laughs> <laughs> I, hear it. I hear it. Uh, you know, it's still hit and miss. I mean it's still – there's a lot of guys out there that are, that are great Brazilian fighters that aren't black belts in jiu-jitsu. It's, just, it's what it uh, is. That aren't, sorry, that aren't above purple belt? Yeah, they're name, fighting. Yeah. Name, some. I mean, it's just like, name, name, name three in the UFC. How could I? They're not good at jiu-jitsu. How would I be able to name them? But I don't, I, why would I know them? Like, I don't know any of those guys. But they're there's, not there's fighting nobody, in the UFC. Cool. No, there's guys. There's guys. There's guys. That's like saying everybody in the UFC has to be an amazing fighter. Well, let's put. Then it's not true. Yeah, it is. It isn't. CM Punk. And we can move on now. Oh, that's I mean, a different. It's like, that's, no, it's not. No, it's not. You said that's an aberration. If they're in the UFC, then everybody has to be good. That's not true. Everybody does have to be good in the UFC. No, a fi- you don't. Fighting? Come on, no. man. You're talking uh, Joe Silva and Dana White, and these guys are not going to sign people that aren't. I mean, look, there are certain guys that have better skills at certain levels. Cody McKenzie was a was a far better grappler than he was a striker. I mean, there there are guys yeah. out there that are better strikers. That you know, Houston Alexander wasn't a, a submission specialist on the ground. Right. Okay, but they, but, but they were a certain level of a fighter to mm-hmm. get there. I mean, except right. for maybe, I mean, the only guys that I I, I would assume that you're talking about are the guys in uh, the Ultimate Fighter China that that, that <laughs> where you see a guy who's three and one or two and one because they're going from that talent pool. Edson Barboza doesn't have a black belt. Edson Barboza. Okay, Boom. he is brown. Purple. I said. I said purple said, or below. Yeah, he but, did. But, but thanks, Watson. Okay. Okay. So, so <laughs> you got close. You got close. All right. You can talk as much as you want. Every fighter potentially can be on steroids because Anderson Silva failed, who is the cleanest guy and that does everything best for the sport. So now every, all bets are off. Anybody can fail a drug test. But that's, that's a, Nobody, you do not have to be that good to be in the UFC anymore because they have an O and O CM Punk. Not O and O in the UFC. O and O. That's one and guy. Doesn't matter. Anderson Silva is one guy to fail a test. Name five guys that are not good fighters that are in the UFC. Well, shit, I was. You were not a good fighter? I wasn't that good when I was You're, in there. Look come at my, on, dude. Look at, my, look at my UFC record. Look at my UFC record. It's two and three. That's not a very good record in the UFC. Doesn't mean you weren't a great fighter. Doesn't, what about you? Ah, you said in the UFC. In the UFC, there's a no, ton of guys that are not that good. In the U, I'm not saying their record in the UFC. I'm saying they're not. They're, I'm talking about fighters in general. Make up your mind, Adam. No, you're just. You're Make just, up your mind. You're, I'm, you're go- being, you're I'm going funny. off of what you're saying. You're I'm being going funny. Off, I'm going oh, off of what you're saying. Oh, you're mad at him. 
No, you're being funny. Come I'm on. Going out, I'm going after what you're you saying. You can't get to the yes, UFC. Yes, you can't be in the UFC. Absolutely. Fighting. No, I'm playing devil's advocate. You have to be a good fighter to get in the UFC, period. There's no so way what, about what it. What was the point of making that? And, and you have to be great all the way around. Because, <laughs> I know why he's been divorced. Because, <laughs> because, because the anomaly, because the one anomaly sets the rule for everything else. If you have one CM Punk, there's going to be another fucking, you know, Kid Inferno that's going to show up all of a sudden. You got Glenn out there freaking running around. Who's Kid Inferno? God, he's wrestling TNA. Uh, uh, you're going to have a Samoa Joe jump in. You have a John Cena jump in because they're big pay draws, well, listen, but they no, guys can't we fight. Come in here next you know? Week. And and this Lazaro won by submission. We're gonna yeah, have well, he might. Whole, no, he that's might. What I'm It'll be a hey, whole another conversation. Hey, G- GSP, GSP is, and I'm gonna get eaten up again. And everyone's gonna start yelling at me and screaming at me. GSP was a horrible fucking wrestler. I could put him against what? our. I could. He's a horrible wrestler. I could put him against our junior, a junior guy. We're talking about MMA wrestling for wrestling. No, for MMA. no, no. I'm he talking was about a horrible wrestler. I'm for about MMA? A, no, I'm talking about pure wrestling, Adam. I'm about pure wrestling. Well, uh, Stop. Stop. Appeal. Because because the fans wanted him to go try out for the Olympic team because he was so good in oh. Canada. He couldn't beat one of our guys that was a junior, not even good enough to be on our world team. What, a, what a about junior. Canadian he one of our guys. What about the Canadian Olympics? No, Canadians are good. The Canadians are good now. <laughs> I know back when we were coming up. <laughs> no, no. it's No, when we were coming up, the Canadians weren't that good. And no, all of a sudden, now they're really good. The Canadians no, are it, really it good. It also yeah. was that they, they have different rules. But listen, there's a, you talk about a guy that's not very good at wrestling, that, that isn't that should not be, shouldn't have any business doing it on a mat with anybody, but it's MMA. So a guy that's not good at wrestling, all of a sudden is amazingly good MMA, for, you know, wrestling for he MMA. Had, he had amazing, he took everybody down. He had amazing double leg takedowns. He, it was inc- he hit everybody with it anytime he wanted to. It was that's, almost like But clockwork. it wasn't, but, uh, but as My far point as is, like, is that you can get a submission, you can be a guy that gets a series of submissions and not be a submission specialist because you have a great system for MMA. MMA right. is a separate entity unto itself. You well, can't go, this guy's a great submission guy, he must get all submissions. Now, does it happen a lot right now because of sports still so new yes Anderson Silva is an amazing submission guy he doesn't submit that many guys because he knocks you out first also a, it's how it goes. Also a black belt in Jiu Jitsu he's great and he's an amazingly good submission guy but never got there never got you never saw it because never he's, he's knocking guys out and that's my point is that you don't have to be amazing at any one of these things and still be able to pull off a submission Lazaro can pull off a submission this, this yeah. weekend and, yeah. over James well, Krause because he beats him up if he does it means that he underestimated his ability to do that yeah, do you think Gagar Masasu is ever going to rear naked choke uh, Mark Munoz who's, who Mark was fighting this weekend Mark, like, okay let's talk about also, like, no we're never going to have talk, talk about a couple things first of all the fights last night yeah yeah uh, there were some great fights last night. I, I, I like the fact that 10 underdogs won. Uh, that was awesome. Was it 10? Was there was one 10? guy? There's one 10. guy that stood out to me that, was, that, Which guy is that? that blew my mind. And that was Smiling Sam. Yeah, now, Sam Melvin. Smiling yeah. Sam, uh, a couple – I mean, now he's a guy who, I you know – he was losing that fight before the fight. He was mm-hmm. kind of getting lit up a little bit, but he's no, got but he's got that what, that power. Now really? I want I wanted to ask you about that. There are certain guys out there that have that one punch power. Smiling Sam being one of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, or just 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 now, can you teach power? Yeah, or, you can teach power. Just, I didn't. And I saw that when you sent me the email today. I saw that. I was like, wow, yeah, this is brand new to me. Like I didn't think you'd teach power before. Like guys just have it. They don't. And then Arnold Chun, who trains Tyron Woodley and, and Emmanuel Newton, and some other guys throughout, he, there's a, he has a system of how he teaches power where it's almost like you're shot putting. You know, uh, uh, you have a shot, you have a, a weighted ball in your hand, and you're throwing it for yeah. for space and for time, but it's off your power hand, and you do it, and you, then you you take it off, and you have like weighted gloves and weighted vest, you take it all off, and start throwing start throwing punches and what have you afterwards, and the power goes up. I've seen, I've watched Woodley's power go up because of his training. You can teach power. I didn't believe it. A year and a half ago, a year ago even. Well, I remember. See, I mean, guy, I don't feel like he was taught power. I feel like he had because look at him, and it just. I mean, when he walked to the ring, I was like, "Whoa, this is an accident." <laughs> well, Somebody hired no, the no, wrong guy. No, no, I knew his, his last fight. He did the same thing. But he, man, he boy, wow. and he's, he's got a great gimmick. 
the mm-hmm. smiling. The smile, yeah. It's a great gimmick. He's got a great look. Uh, his wife is on America's Next Top Model. I think she might have won it. That, 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 that hot redhead behind them. Yeah. Um, and, so uh, it is his wife. That's his wife. We were like, yeah. is that his sister? No, it looks like his sister a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I'm happy for the guy. He, he, he trains out of Team Quest. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Team Quest has been on, you know, there's, it's a solid team, but lately they haven't been producing the, the best champions. They haven't really, but it's a great solid team. But it's just as of late, you know, Dan Henderson is sort of on the decline a little bit. Yep. You know, Tyrek Safferdine lost his last fight to Roy McDonald. He's a guy who's been injured. Uh, a couple mm-hmm. other guys over at Team Quest. It's just the one up on like Temecula. So I'm really yeah. happy because... They, it seems like a good, solid bunch of guys yeah. with good uh, with good training, and I and I, I want to see that, that that team do better or do as good as it once was. Because at one point, you know, it when, was the spot. It was you know. When, yeah. Now, did you train with those guys back no, in the no, day? No, no. Uh, um, they were. I had Henderson and and Couture come out of team. Were on the Raw team at that point. Uh, and I didn't even know. I didn't even know because it was also brand new. I didn't know what the team Quest was. It was. Just a place that those guys trained at up top, uh, up in uh, I say up top, but up in the Northwest before they. All left and moved, and Dan moved back to Tobacco, where he's from. Um, Couture moved to LA a little bit and, and Vegas and was kind of bouncing around as he was trying to find his next his next spot to lay out. So it was like Quest was just another spot that the, like a bunch of wrestlers were kind of hanging out. We didn't know it was actually a real fight team. It was kind of built together. <laughs> yeah. And they were whooping everybody's ass. It was amazing how good those guys yeah, were. Yeah, they had Ellenberger. They had Chael at one point. Mm-hmm. They had, uh, uh, what's his name? Matt Lindland mm-hmm. uh, was over there and Dan Henderson. It was just, it was just this, like rugged. Hector Lombard was over there for a little yeah, bit. Yeah. A bunch of uh, a bunch of rugged dudes, and uh, you know, good wrestlers. And I'm happy because I, you know, you, I, I want to see those guys do well. So I'm happy for Sam Alvey. Um, well, just a matter uh, as a matter of just looking at him in terms of his physical condition, <laughs> it would just you. I would. I'll tell you with this whole with this whole PED thing. I think you're going to see a lot of guys look like Sam Alvey now. That okay, do well great. Yeah. because uh, yeah. I think the days of the guys who would look like. The Hector Lombards and these guys who I I I don't know if they're going to be over because I think guys it, se- it seems like every time they implement a new way to stop people from cheating the cheaters are that much well, better. You didn't you didn't listen to the whole the whole meeting last week. They were talking about like one percent or you know one point something percent. We're getting we're getting we're we're getting popped during in competition testing, which is the pre fight test and post fight test done the day of competition, the day of the fight, and it was like. 27 almost 30 percent were getting caught in, in out of competition testing yeah. that's what it like that's where they have to focus all their energy and that's where they're focusing their energy yeah. so everybody now is like the the the, the from what i understand if, what I, if i remember correctly i'm sure someone will correct it if, if i'm wrong is that now everybody gets tested top to bottom pre-fight post-fight so day of competition yeah. everyone's getting tested top to bottom and then the main event guys were all getting tested randomly out of competition so like now those guys that were and that's what I'm saying is that you get caught once you've gotten away with it a bunch of times before that because you just were better at okay I'm getting tested because you know fight night I'm getting tested now you don't know because random yeah. all of a sudden now I'm signing for this fight you're stuck at any but then like the caught. pride didn't the pride guys correct me if I'm wrong but what I heard is that the pride guys would get tested but they wouldn't give you the results until you wanted to leave the organization and then they would say, "Listen, just so you know, you failed nine drug tests." And then you go, "You go, you know what? I'm actually going to stay in this organization." <laughs> that that wasn't my that happened never happened to me because I never I never tested hot for anything. But I heard that same rumor. But let's just let's just remember every single Pride guy that came over from Pride, they came over here to the UFC, and there's a transitional period. They all getting their asses kicked for a reason. I mean, sh- drug sh- testing was apparent. You're like Jesus, like I got to figure it out. Shogun, Vanderlei. I mean, everybody was getting their 
butts kicked. Was like, and losing to the same guys they were beating yeah. over in Pride. I mean, yeah, the, it wasn't like an easy, like, it wasn't like, oh, I just kind of stuck by a decision. It was like an ass-kicking beating, yeah. and then coming over here and taking an ass-kicking beating. Was like, Look, Vanderlei Rampage. I yeah. mean, that was, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> totally he, different cat. He almost murdered him over in Pride twice, yeah. and yeah. then you look at him over here, it was a different fight. Now, uh, the Bigfoot Silva, there's a guy who I actually feel bad for because – let me hold on for a sec. Yeah, I know. Uh, Bigfoot it's, Silva – It's funny. We really got to get a camera in here because when, when Greg gets amped, it's kind of, it's kind of funny. He's, <laughs> he's, he's, like, he's like a third grader that just, that just learned a new word. It's like his uncle's like, go ahead and swear as much as you, you know want. What it is? He's like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. You know what it is? is that I've known Greg for maybe about almost 15 years now. Uh, MMA guys, uh, comedians love talking, hearing themselves up, being funny. We don't get to talk about fighting that often because there are very few guys at the comedy club if they do they do is hey when's Kimbo coming back or, 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 <laughs> oh, or something like that so, so when you get Sorry people that, that talk to fighters you can't wait to hey, oh my god people actually know what I'm talking about right. but then you have to realize that like it's, I get excited he gets I'm an excitable guy no matter what I'm this way at yes. Starbucks now, now what I was saying about, about uh, the barista's like fuck here he comes <laughs> and, 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 coconut milk and, coconut milk and it's, it's actually Marina rolling her eyes behind the counter <laughs> now um, what I was saying is that Bigfoot Silva from what I read about I read a bunch of articles about him before he actually has a condition hmm. where he could he actually needs to take steroids to live okay. because he has like giganticism yeah. and yeah. and, and so he, every fight he gets popped for the stuff that he actually needs to take so right. now he's not able to take it anymore hmm. and since then he's just been getting knocked the fuck out by hmm. Arlovsky by Frank Mir hmm. and it's just it's sort of unfortunate because the one guy who you could say this guy needs it is not allowed to take it well, there's always that, that loophole. There's always that protocol. But at the very beginning, when you're trying to stop it, like we're, we're stuck at right now, and that's where baseball was when they came up, where football was when they came up, like when they all started enacting these new PED testing, that everybody's just ass out. Too bad. You need it to live. So what? It's too bad. But in like five, six years, when they finally get everything under control and get it screwed, they'll start being loopholes, start, like, start jumping back in again. You know, like uh, uh, guys in baseball now, if, you, if you, you have to take a long series of tests, you have to prove it, but you can take Adderall for your ADD. If you prove it, you have ADD, but it's a long series of tests. It's a protocol, but you have to go through it because they found out, you know, and of course they have a union, so it's you, you a little bit quicker. Test. Say, you know? And then when they approve you, you can just crush it up and snort it right there. <laughs> like, no, I've been approved. Doctors are working. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry they can sit through the test on Adderall. Adderall. Uh, now, now, now you, you've been on TRT for three years? Three years, yeah. Uh, this month is three years. Now, yeah. how yeah. has it changed your life? It's given me 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. What do you mean, giving you 10 years? Like, I'm 32 years old again. I'm 42 right now. I'm really 32. My numbers are up. My lists are up. My arthritis is down. My kind of thinking is back up. Like, everything. For like, when I, was, when I went off and I stopped fighting in September, that next, that next January, I went out to Hawaii. I was seeing a buddy of mine, Greg Honda. Um, if you've ever seen the photo of Robbie Lawler, Punch me in the face and the blood splatting everywhere. My nose splits open. Yeah, that photo was taken by Greg Honda. He's been a close friend of mine for a long time. Except <laughs> even that, it's funny because on his business card is that picture. Oh my so god! It's like it's fucking great. It's yeah, no, yeah. Your nose yeah. Broken. It's me dying. It's, yeah. me, it's me starting to kill myself. Uh. So there, uh, but Greg and I are real close friends. He brought me out and said, "Hey, there's this group out here. You really need to sit down and talk to him." I met this doctor, uh, Charles Rakaki. Started talking to him. He's like, "You're you're like you're part of the protocol. The reason why, like, if you're in a hard, hard contact sport where there's head trauma involved, football." Taekwondo, judo, boxing, you know, uh, uh, really Big Ten style of wrestling, those guys headbutt all the time, like guys like that, they're going to have problems later. That's why, think of football players, they were dying, like at 55, yeah. 60 yeah. years old, they're dead. 
after retiring. And they retired at like 28, 29. Like they're done playing football. They've had three years in the pros and they're wrecked. Absolutely fucking right. We lost Reggie White. I mean, and he his was sleep apnea because it, those guys at one hundred thousand percent or zero percent. So I'm either working out and, and training all the time. I'm not doing anything. These guys were falling apart. Testosterone levels are falling way off due to head trauma. So they started doing a, doing protocol. I went in and I st- and it's I will be on it for the rest of my life. But I also have stated before I will never fight on it. And that's when I started doing. It. I was like, I'm done fighting because so your sex drive's up again. Every, every, oh yeah, yeah. Every everything is up. You know, it's it's literally a ten year. So you think I should take this stuff or what? Are you over thirty? Yeah, yeah. You should at least know your numbers. Like my, my when I got tested. Where do you get your numbers taken? My lowest. You're supposed to be the the ratio is between three fifty and eleven eleven ninety essentially twelve hundred. I was at. I was at 105 when I took my first test. I thought they were. I thought it was a gimmick. They're like just trying to prove, hey, look, you know, here. Well, no, where do you get this test done? It. I got it. I was 95. No, uh, no, where can I get this done? Uh, I go to Universal Men's Clinic because that's the, the only guys. That's the only guys I know. I trust them. They have. They have offices obviously in Honolulu, but also in uh, Portland, Seattle, um, Oklahoma City. Treatments? It's a shot. You take a testosterone and, shot. And how yeah. much does it cost to get your testosterone taken? Uh, the test, the blood work is whatever the blood work is. It could be four or five hundred bucks if you want to pay cash, but usually it's just insurance yeah. running it. And then after that, most of these places don't do um, insurance. The, the men's life clinic and life and yeah. longevity clinics, and it's usually about you know it could be anywhere. I've seen some guys paying eight nine hundred dollars a month for it. You know, Where, it's, it's what are you paying like for? Two hundred. It's two fifty. You're paying two fifty a month, yeah, including doctor's visit. That's including the doctor. Increased visit. testosterone yeah. levels do also contribute to hair loss, though. No. no, only see you're one of those guys. That read the wrong study. <laughs> no, it's uh, true. yes, no, it's not true. It's false. It's 100 percent false. A 25 year study that just fin- they finished two years ago that I looked at, and what it is is that the guys that get hair loss is because they put their numbers over 1500. You don't want to be over 1500. You only need to be around a thousand to 1100 or 1200. You want to be any higher than that. So if you fight CM Punk, if Dana, because then you have to go off TRT. I'd have to come off TRT. Yeah, and so then- I'd have to have at least. I'd have to have like if they go look, uh, we want you to fight CM Punk. You get a, you know you get a fight. Like, okay, I need 12 weeks. And I'm like, he's like, why 12 weeks? Because I need six weeks to come off to adjust my testosterone levels so that they're even again. So the fight last night. The fight last night between Frank Mir and Bigfoot Silva. Do you think now you train with Mir a lot, right? I did. Well, no, I never trained with him. I just knew him. I, uh, at the time, my wife and, and his wife were close friends. They're still close friends. I lost Frank in the divorce. So oh, really? Yeah, right. So you and Mir, are, you, you guys aren't friends again? We're friends, I and mean, we, we say hi, whatever. But remember, if, if your if your wife is like, I don't want you talking to that asshole. Yeah. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm that asshole. So I mean, now now was it a, does Mir look that good or did Bigfoot's chin look that bad? Bigfoot a little bit both. A little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Frank got yelled oh, at I quite do a bit. Like Frank. I mean, I got to give it to Frank. The guy's a gamer. Nah, I like is he a guy. gamer? I mean, his last fight, uh, his last fight, who did he fight? The last time, he got destroyed by Dos Santos. That was a fight Over that him. Or Overeem. You yeah. Got, yeah, he, he lost to Overeem, right? He got, he yeah. got beat pretty bad by Overeem. I mean... Overeem, Dos Santos, Cormier... He was on a three-fight losing streak. He was on a three-fight losing four, streak. No, four-fight losing streak. I thought it was four. four-fight four. losing streak. And if he lost this one, he'd been out. Yeah. So a little bit of his mirror was like, I'm going to be losing my, my money wagon that I've had for... Oh, Barnett. Barnett. Barnett, yeah. Barnett. So, I mean, is, is, did Mir look at, that good or he just sort of did... I think or, Mir's Bigfoot looked that bad. He just he look. He didn't look healthy the second he walked in the ring. I think it's a little bit of both. Bigfoot's off because he can't take the stuff he needs to survive. And then it's also too that that Mir had his back against the wall. He's like he's under pressure. He's got a, he's got kids. He's got a wife. He's got a lavish lifestyle. Not super lavish. But he's got a lavish lifestyle. He's take care of a house and cars. He's also and, insane. Like I I, yeah. I worked with Mir on the MMA awards, mm-hmm. and uh, he's a nice guy, a real smart yeah. guy, quiet guy, overly smart. That's the problem. He's he's almost too smart for his own good. Really smart he's guy, super smart. But it was after the Brock Lesnar fight, and mm-hmm. he kind of went insane. 
And, and you can't blame him. Like competitive as he is, when he when in the UFC 100, when Brock put him in a schoolyard headlock and just he just, just pounded the shit out of him to the point For where a long time. I mean, Frank. Yeah. After that, he gained like 60 pounds of muscle, uh, which was kind of strange for a, the 36-year-old guy to – or however old he was, 32, to, to gain 30 – It could happen. Really? <laughs> I mean, when have you ever seen anything like that happen? Very convincing. <laughs> you know, I've seen it happen never naturally though. Yeah, right. So he sort of all of a sudden had this new figure. But I remember him walking on the MMA awards. He had a knife around his neck and, like, and a gun in his back pocket. To shoot a sketch at the Hard Rock, and I'm like, this dude is has lost. It. Like, we're not we're not in the Wild West. We're at the the Hard Rock in Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you'd have to be insane to even approach Frank Mir. The guy's a huge guy, and then to have a, a knife and a gun. He's he's been armed since he's was 18, 19 years old. He's had a concealed weapons permit in, in Nevada yeah. since he's like 21, 22. Yeah. He's always armed. He's always armed. It's so like when he got caught <laughs> having two having two nine millimeter shells in his bag, I'm like, trust me, that, that he forgot those. He really did forget those because if he really was bringing a weapon, he doesn't just bring like one one magazine full of, of, of uh, ammunition. He brings... Thousands of rounds to go shoot out in the desert. Like this is a, like he's a he's a gun guy. This is he's a survivalist. This is what he does. Right. Yeah, he legitimately like in an apocalypse. it is it is legitimately scary. You call, text, yell a bullhorn, throw firecrackers at the house. You let him know you are coming before you ring the doorbell. He wow. is one of those guys that is, it's 2 o'clock in the morning, why are you my doorbell? He, I just want to get a drink, Frank, let's hang out. No, no, you don't play that game. You know, he, he was a bouncer at the Rhino. Yeah. Now, do you, while he was the UFC champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, that, well, that was, that's, let me just tell you something. That's how the money was back then. Yeah. yeah. He had to keep the job to stay alive. Yeah. Now, is there anybody, other sport, though, that you could see, like, oh, that guy plays for the Lakers, and he, he's also yeah. working at the and Rhino. By the way, here's the ticket for my car. <laughs> <laughs> Can I get an autograph? Well, that was the Clippers up until about two seasons. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's what Frazier Smith says, joke yeah, about yeah. that. What time did he get here? Oh, you fucked my joke, man. Oh, sorry. I sorry. was about to tell a joke, and then you just said the punchline. I thought we were just going right for the punchline. <laughs> I, <didn't, laughs> I went right for the submission. I didn't say the setup. <laughs> I, I, so he called the Clipper game for Asia Smith. He goes, hey, what time's the game? The guy goes, well, well what time could you get here? That's the, that's yeah. the joke, but Greg. Anyway, the joke's over. So uh, It wasn't that good anyway. It's fine. It was a good, it was a <laughs> much better joke. Then, all right, 180 now, the fight this weekend. We got, we're going we're gonna to talk about the fights this weekend yes. at the Staples Center. Uh, Ronda Rousey versus Kat Zingano. According to Ronda's trainer, Edmund, uh, Ronda can beat... Holly Holm in a boxing match. Complete bullshit. Edmund is a complete fucking insane retard. If he really believes that, no fucking way in hell. Not possible. Not possible. That's like saying, because I did two years of judo, I can now beat Ronda Rousey in a judo match. Not possible. You can beat her now? I can be I can be Ronda. I have a oh. yeah, yeah. Come on, I'm I'm a man. Damn it! Like, so I'm, and, I'm, and I'm and I'm twenty. I'm seventy five. You pounds heard it here first. The first intergender bender is coming up. I'm seventy five pounds heavier than she is. There's no way she can do anything. He's also a black belt. Okay, okay, but but as far as being no, Holly there's Holm. no way because Holly's got rounds. She has time. She's been in that pressure. She's been under that that stoom. She's gone twelve rounds before. She knows the feel. She she's knows also thirty six and one and an eighteen time world champion boxer. Like, this, is, this is not. Edmund might be sung a fight. I don't think Edmund really believes that. So no disrespect to Edmund. Really, you don't think he believes that? mob after me. No, he can't. He can't. There's no way in hell. He's trying to sell a fight. He's trying to sell his product. Trying to sell. But he's never out. actually been with Holly Holm uh, or been a, watched her box. Yeah. So that's so, what I'm saying. So, he's so maybe, he pro- maybe he probably does believe it. He just does. If he does, then he needs to stop and, and rethink his his life. 
<laughs> really, he needs to not go to the gym for a couple of days. Right. After Ronda fights on Saturday, it's like, look, I'm taking off a month because I'm completely retarded. That makes no sense. I mean, that, that, is, that, is, that is legitimately that anybody that knows anything about how sports really work is completely retarded. That's like Michael Jordan seriously thinking he was going to make Major League Baseball. Right. Yeah. That is completely ret- – it, it does not – I think he did think that. Make any sense. He really did. He if did he does, that. he needs to take some time off. He really needs to go get himself All right. Out. So, okay. So, according – so, all right. Now, Cat versus Ronda. You know what? Um, Evan, what's the over-under on the Armenian mob coming up shooting me in about two <laughs> no, and a half no, weeks no, from now? No, Cat versus Ronda <laughs> I think is actually a, actually a very dangerous fight for Ronda. It is very and, dangerous. And here, here, here's why. Because Ronda Rousey, her last fight was 16 seconds. Mm-hmm. The, the fight before that with Sarah, it was a one round. She's with a trainer who's a primarily a boxing trainer who's telling her things like, you can beat Holly Holm in a boxing match. And I think that that, uh, I think Ronda's going to win, but I think that Ronda has not been five rounds ever. And she's with a girl who is a tough girl. Who, who has been three rounds. She's been in wars. Her last fight with Nunez was a tough fight. She lost the first round. Her fight with Misha Tate was a battle. She lost her husband. Her ex-husband committed suicide. She had a year off because she broke up both her knees or something. Yeah. I mean, she's with a girl who's experienced a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. And Ronda Rousey uh, right now is... Uh, like she, like this week, she told Ariani. She said, "The I make the ring girl shouldn't make more than us." She's on Conan O'Brien talking about her dating life. She's in the movie Entourage. She's in the new uh, Fast and the Furious movie. Seven, She's yep. in the new Hunger Games. They're saying someone yes. said something about her having a sitcom. Uh, it, 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 it just seems like if ever there was a time that this girl the might be beatable, right. it, it, fuck. I want Ronda to win. I think Ronda's going to win. But uh, there's a lot of flags coming up right now. Yeah, let me tell you something. I, I, uh, I will always bet against Ronda. I will always bet against her because the moment I change my mind and bet on her will be the first time she's going she's gonna to lose and I don't fucking want to be the guy that, like, I'm super superstitious. Yeah, yeah. Super, right. You don't want to be the guy super, that I'm like, fuck, I'm going to jinx myself the rest of my life. I'm the same way. But, so always bet against her. If I bet on somebody, they're going to lose. You know, and that's, and that's how the, you know, and I started that with Couture because I started like, oh, no, 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 no. And I started like, you know, betting for him, and I was like, "Fuck, yeah, got." So I, I bet against, every time I bet against him, he fucking won. So I think the bigger question is, who's going to win? Oh, the I want to hear. So, here. so, so here's a here's a deal. Here's a deal with with Cat. It's the first time Ronda's going to face somebody that has that can deal with the same the amount of pain that she can dish out, and can dish out just as much pain as that Ronda can take. So it's the first time she's going to be battling somebody that can take a lot of heat and give a lot of heat. And Ronda hasn't been there before. She's usually the person. That beats the crap out of you because she's just harder than you are. She's just more physical and, and wants it more and has more desire. No one wants it more than Cat does. And Ron and Cat are in the same same atmosphere with that level. If she tries to stand her and box her and start trying to make it a stand up game, she's going to get cracked because this is Cat's specialty. She's going to beat the crap out of her. If she doesn't get on top of her and really, really buckle down and look for a severe like I got to break this girl's arm. She's a get it in her head. That just going going for the tap and looking up at, at uh, Herb Dean or Big Jim McCarthy, whoever has the has the assignment, looks up at him hoping for them to stop it they're not going to stop it because cat will not tap she's going to keep coming and if you let her out of a tough position like that one time her momentum is going to keep coming and she is a tough girl that has no quit in her it makes her extremely dangerous because the reason why ron was able to beat misha the second time even though misha was more prepared you saw the finish on that arm bar it really wasn't an arm bar her leg wasn't even over her head misha could have just sat up to get out of it but she broke her she stole the, her will she can't steal cats the will. only thing about cat that i think uh, well, one of the not, not the only thing, but Cat is a slow starter. Very slow. She she lost the first round to Nunez. She lost her first round to Tate, mm-hmm. and 
if she if she starts slow against Ronda, this, this, this fight's Ronda. over. Yeah, and and Ronda is a big, strong girl. I mean, Ellenberger said that she she, she take, come down and practice a couple times. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a one seventy guy who walks around at one ninety, yeah. who's who's a top five guy in the UFC. This is a one thirty five pound girl beating him up. Yeah. So. Now, speaking of Allenberger, uh, you've been training with him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was over at uh, Strong Sports doing some, doing some training with us at uh, um, Strong Sports Gym downtown L.A. with uh, our buddy Torin. And his, Jake's biggest thing is not physical. His biggest thing is, is, is first of all, getting all the, all the voices out of, his, out of his ears. He has too many people telling him what to do and how to do things. And he needs to just take control. That's one. Two is being confident again and, and being the juggernaut is okay. There's so many people telling him, oh, you need to back off. You get tired going in the third round and you're, you're, you spent too much energy in the first and second round so you back off and, and wouldn't ever get into it because he's like nervous of getting tired and being too tired if you need it later in the fight. Right. You're called the juggernaut because you are absolutely fucking insane. Be insane. Go out there and be that insane guy and go crazy. Just getting him confidence up. Have you, have you told him this? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. And so, then, uh, so you're one of his coaches for this fight? No, no, no. I was just, just a guy that Probably, has a similar background. Just sitting yeah. around talking. I don't have any desire to coach anybody because I can't handle that kind of stress. <laughs> but, wow. Yeah, being, I was about to say, why aren't you coaching? Yeah, being in somebody's corner and trying to have it because you're vested. Like, you're a coach. You are, yeah. you are a, a, a but, trainer, a coach, a mentor, a best friend. An but weren't you Nick Nolte's a, son's coach? Uh, Nicholas Cage's son. Nicholas Cage's yeah. son. Yeah. In wrestling in high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Nicholas Cage. Uh, oh, no, no, Nicholas Cage's son wanted to wrestle. Yeah. And he went to Beverly Hills High School. Yeah. And they didn't have a team. So Nicholas Cage funded the entire team yeah. and hired Frank <laughs> yeah. Trigg, yeah. U- a UFC star, to be the coach. Yeah. Now, how long did you coach this team for? Uh, two seasons. Two seasons and I moved to Vegas. How'd that. it go? Good. Yeah, Weston got good. Weston, he's athletic. He's strong. It's, it's kind of weird. Like, you, you wouldn't think so, but it's weird. Beverly Hills High School has got a weird dichotomy. Like, I'd have, like, the kid that had eggs and filet mignon for breakfast that morning in practice, you know, at 3.30, and then the kid that hasn't eaten in three days because his, his dad hasn't made enough landscaping, you know, landscaping mm-hmm. jobs to pay enough to put food on the table. So yeah. It's like, this is Beverly Hills. Like, how is this possible? But that's the that's the nature of Beverly Hills. That's oh. just how it works. You have the landscaper's kid going to school with the, right, the multimillionaire's right, right. kid. They get, like, the... One of the kids' cousins invented spinners. Like this, like on cars, like their cousin oh, yeah. invented spinners. You're like what? He's like, yeah, my cousin invented spinners. Like, and and he's like, the, and we laugh at him. <laughs> like he's a multimillionaire because he's like, yeah, we laugh at him. Like he's he's low beneath us. Like, <laughs> what's your dad do? He imports carpets from Israel. Like what the? I don't understand it. Like, it's a that's whole pretty thing. badass. That like Nicholas Cage is like, I want my son to have a wrestling I, team. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say that's that's very Hollywood, right? There. That is yeah. incredibly Hollywood. Well, then we'll just invent a team. I'm going to hire Frank Drake. Come <laughs> it was going to be amazing. It was cool. It was fun to, you know, I got to sit and talk with Nicholas and, and yeah. Christina Fulton, the, the ex-wife and, you know, the, the, the head of the whole thing. And you, you get to sit on a handle him and talk to him. And then all of a sudden Nick is like, he's like, so how do you think I can, do, you know, what do you think I can do to make Weston better? I go, be harder on him. Like, be tougher on him. Like, you're, you're too nice to him. Like, he's, he gets away with everything. Like, stop it. Yeah. Yell at him a little bit. Yeah. And then he's like, yeah, yeah, maybe I should. Like, no, you're not going <laughs> to. <laughs> you're too nice a guy. Like, you're too nice a guy. You're not going to yell at him. All right. So Raquel Pennington, Holly Holm. Yeah, now, Holly Holm, uh, has, I've, been, I've been waiting for her arrival to the UFC for a long time. She, I know Mike Winklejohn was her trainer back in the day. And Winklejohn is, uh, I think, a very underappreciated coach. And I mean, you hear Greg Jackson's name, but you don't really hear yeah. Winklejohn as much. Because um, <laughs> it sounds dirty. Maybe that's it. But, but he's been really high. I showed and, her my Winklejohn. And, uh, <laughs> Come and, here, honey. Want some candy and some Winklejohn? <laughs> 
and there's a there's a whole movement of people that really Put that think on the, band. The, the movement of people that really think that Holly Holm is the girl. I love how Adam's just trying to keep this on track. We're like, like fuck you. Yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble again. No, you're not. You're not gonna get in trouble. Uh, now, is is Holly Holm the girl? I mean, I think Raquel Pennington's a girl kind of tailor made for home because mm-hmm. she's she doesn't have much. I don't, from what I see, her wrestling isn't really. Her strong suit. Mm-hmm. I mean, she won her last fight via bulldog choke, which I mean, unless you're Carlos Newton, mm-hmm. uh, Matt Hughes, Carlos, right? No, uh, 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 Pat Miltich. Pat Miltich. Carlos Newton. Yeah. Carlos Newton. That's the last time you saw that. That's the last used. time yeah. I saw the bulldog choke <laughs> in the UFC. Um, so uh, I mean, she hit my Ashley Evans, uh, college wrestler, who I, I I think her herself was surprised she got bulldog choked. Um, but I, th- I think Holly Holm is just going to control this on the feet and light it up. I, I, I think so, too. That's kind of how I see his fight breaking down. But I see that uh, if, if uh, uh, Payton decides, like, she gets scared at some point or gets angry or, or needs to, like, i got to prove a point right now. And she gets in there and takes, takes Holly down. I think it's going to be a little bit different of a game. You'll see Holly probably get back up to her feet. She's got pretty good movement once she's on her back. But I don't think she's, she's not going to try and lay there and stay there. If, if Raquel can hold her there, it makes things a little bit more difficult. And then we can see a different, definite change. But – Holly's just one of those girls that understands. Like I said, she had a lot of rounds in boxing. Which, what did you say? Like thirty six and she one. Was, she was thirty six and one as a boxer. Yeah, and uh, that's impressive. Eighteen time yeah. world champion boxer. But but I mean, I'm not saying her division was weak, but it, women's the women's boxing she was in. It yeah. wasn't. I mean, there, there there wasn't that level. It wasn't like she you know she beat Layla Ali and this other yeah. one. You know, I mean, it just didn't. It was a tough division. Boxing is tough, but it just didn't. It, it seems like it seemed like there was a reason she left boxing to go to yeah. women's MMA. Almost yeah, like there's no money. Exactly. <laughs> it's, the same, just, it's the same training sequence. The same, you know. Yeah. It's just as hard to train for, but there's no money in it. I'm just hoping the fight lasts long enough for me to finish. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Now, uh, now, all right. So we're, we're going right, one more fight. Frank we'll right right, right. hates it. Ev- Evans, Evans, angry. All right, so. Okay. Now, now uh, the last the, the fight that I think the, the couple fights that I think are going to be really good. The, the, one of the main fights is uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Ferguson, right? Tony Ferguson is fighting. Who's Tony Ferguson fighting? Fighting someone really good. Uh, Glayson Tebow. Tebow, who looks like he's about three weight classes heavier. Yeah, that guy's a monster. And so is Ferguson. Ferguson beat Abel Trujillo. I did not see that coming. He's been on a tear. Uh, Frank, I'm I'm picking Ferguson. I think I think Tebow. Uh, I think he, I think he, he breaks a little bit. He's a big guy, a, kind of a bully of a fighter. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you stand up to him, you, Ferguson's not gonna get bullied. Yeah, he's not gonna bully him around. That's that's one of the one of his attributes, one of his best things. Like you can't really push him around. He's gonna be he's gonna be in the game the entire time. Like you think, oh, I'm beating this guy's butt for a while, but all of a sudden, like I can't really put him away. I can't get him to get off me. With against a guy like Tebow, who is a bully and fights well as a bully, if you don't let him. Bully you, he doesn't have much else. He kind of can't. He can't get going. Can't get his rhythm and his pattern going. I actually kind of picked Ferguson in this one too. But what's the line? I haven't seen. Any, I haven't looked at any lines on this thing. So I'm wondering how they picked it because I would think that Tebow would be the would be the the uh, favorite in this one just because of a former reputation. But I but, really. Like but after Ferguson the PED ban, I don't know how. I don't know about. It. I'm not saying Tebow is on PEDs, but if you look, but if you go on the PED look at you uh, test, yeah, uh, that, 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 that that is a I mean. fucking big dude. Now. Uh, Koscheck Ellenberger. So That's Man, this one is tough for me because you know Ellenberger is really working diligently, and Koscheck's kind of at the end. He's he's yeah. had a lot of great fights, had a lot a long storied career. Doesn't really fight that much anymore. You know, he, he's got uh, his his uh, AKA dethroned Fresno camp that he runs now, and left AKA you know, to, to move back to Fresno because he didn't get along with uh, 
I think Javier Mendez, he wasn't getting along with him, and that's why they did the split, whatever. But this one is a tough one for me, but I have to lean towards Ellenberger, not because he trains over at Strong Sports, so I saw him, you know, saw him every Tuesday and Thursday. It's because he's just a little bit younger, a little bit more hungry, and, and not doing very well in his career right now, and wants to prove that he's still game and can be back in the, back in the limelight. If Jake throws those, the way he used to throw punches, which actually I think has worse form for boxing, but better for yeah. MMA, and he clips Koscheck, the fight's over. I, I, yeah. I, Koscheck has been, has been not, I mean, getting knocked out by Woodley. I didn't think he was getting up on that. He had his eyes roll back a bunch of times. Um, he, he also got knocked out by uh, uh, Robbie Lawler. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ellenberger, while he got stopped by Lawler, just sort of got broken. Uh, the, you know, he hasn't really been knocked out. I don't think he's ever been knocked out. Um, he's, so I, I just feel like it just seems like Koscheck's a little punchy, and he parties a lot. Josh. Oh, is that right? I, 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 he par- I see him in Vegas a lot. Well, he's partying. not my favorite. So, uh, all right. Well, listen, that's our show. Where can people find you, Frank Trigg? Yes, Frank Trigg, everywhere. Facebook, Twitter, everything but Foursquare. I think it's the only thing I'm not on. Uh, yeah, but it's all, it's all at Frank Trigg, one word. It's all me. Greg? Yeah. Uh, at the Greg Wilson or thegregwilson.com. Yes. And uh, you can find me at MMA Roasted or adamhunter.com. Or at Adam Comedian. I will be headlining in Reno all this week at Catch a Rising Star in Reno. The following week, I'm in Rochester, yep. New York, in Webster. I will see Frank's son. Uh, and, uh, and then I got a bunch of stuff coming up. I'm in South Carolina coming up. Uh, I got a bunch of dates. I'm in Iowa, Dubuque, Iowa. Are you actually making money now? Are you actually? Uh, I, I, I do all right. Okay. You're not making 50 bucks a session. No, 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 yeah. not 50 bucks a session. I'm, I, I do well enough to the point where I could, I could, I could coach wrestling and love it. There you you know? Know? So yeah. it's like so, good for you. So that's cool. Good for you living a dream. Yes, your parents must be proud. They, they are. They are. Right the one know. he knows about. Yeah. They're, they're like, <laughs> people. Who, <laughs> thank you guys. For fucking shitting on my schedule. Uh, thank you, Evan the Beard. Uh, thank you, Fox Sports guys. Take care. Thank everyone for coming on the show. Bye bye.